Christian Conspiracy Coalition. Without faith, without belief in something, what are we? You know, the hardest thing is to listen, to hear his voice, God's voice. It's a leap of faith. I would rather stand with God and be judged by the world than stand with the world and be judged by God. Welcome to Christian Conspiracy Coalition, a place where the best minds in the conspiracy realm gather to share and discuss their faith, Christianity, and the spiritual war thrust upon humanity. Romans 12, 1 through 2 states, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And this is why we gather as both Christians and conspiracy theorists. We don't conform to the thinking of the world's mainstream views. We use our discernment in all things. On today's show, we are joined by Jason and Christopher from Operation Red Pill. How's it going? Good, mate. Good. How are we going, Jason? What's happening, Drew? Oh, good, mate. Always great to have you gentlemen here. And we have a new member for the coalition, Heidi Love from the Unfiltered Rise podcast. Welcome, Heidi. Thank you so much. Hope everyone's good out there tonight. Excited to be here. Yeah, I think with current events happening in the world right now, we, we needed a little bit of a uh, a really conspiratorial-based episode for once going through a couple of the big tropes of conspiracy theory. So the topics for conversation tonight are, number one, lizard people. Two, life beyond Earth. And three, what does the faith look like in a futuristic world? Let's get started. Lizard people. Lizard people have been the staple of the conspiracy theorist realm, whether it be underground reptilian beings, Draco aliens, or the elites of the world masquerading around in skin suits to cover up their hideous true forms. But what does the Bible say about these entities? Are they represented in scripture? What does history explain about the tens, if not hundreds of thousands of years of reptilian imagery amongst our earliest human artifacts? Let us find out. Now, let me preface this whole conversation with a little statistic I came across in a Guardian article. 12 million Americans believe in the existence of reptilian humanoids. That is a staggering amount of people who have a belief in reptilian humanoids. So the conversation yeah. is, does it stem from a, a, a just a conspiratorial realm, a realm, or does it tie into people's belief in a faith? Who would like to get started? You said 12 million people. 12 million people. <laughs> That's double the population of my state. Dude, uh, quick statistic, 58% of people believe in the Easter Bunny. Mm-hmm. 70% believe what do you, in, the, what, in the Tooth Fairy. What do you mean believe? <laughs> I've seen the Please. Easter Bunny. Oh, you've uh, seen, I've seen the Easter I've Bunny. I've seen it. I've seen it. And, and, and to what degree of highness were you were you feeling at that moment? <laughs> That's wild. All right, is, so lizard people. Yeah, this is this this, right this is a conversation that stemmed from it was post recording on our last coalition episode. Where Jason, you actually brought up the topic of lizard people, and we got into it a you little what, bit Drew, then. But I think we need to. You're starting to sound a lot like Christopher. You're starting <laughs> to blame me for having these topics that I don't recall at all. 
I'm starting to think this is a conspiracy. Oh man. <laughs> I think though, I think the, um, the idea is, is actually fascinating because I, I think um, oftentimes when you get into a topic like this, that's, you know, polarizing or people already have their opinions. I think it really highlights the fact that our contextual framework often informs our perceptive capacity. Like where we start oftentimes will limit the degree to which we can accept new information out, out the rip. Right. And we suffer, especially in, in, in Western oriented world worldviews and cultures, we suffer from this idea of a re- reductionist view of reality. And what I mean by that is before we even get into the topic, we're already have have presuppositions in play, such as, you know, the natural versus supernatural, physical versus metaphysical. And we start imposing these limitations on reality, especially if we're talking about things that hit the metaphysical world. And I think that's a, a wild idea, because if we're talking about the idea of like lizard people before you can even get into that deal with the idea of diverse speciation. And what I mean by that is, is scientists estimate that we have like 8.7 million different species on earth, which I can't really wrap my mind around. That's a lot of different species. I was doing good to have phylums and families. And I had like basic broad, I'm like 8 million, 8.7 was 9 million. I don't have a place for that. And they say that we lose between a hundred to 10,000 per annum, depending on where you fall in the range. I, I can barely name five, right? So we're losing more species than most people could probably name. And then when we step outside of our natural world and we go into the cosmic world, we really suffer this reduced uh, view of reality because normally we have just God, angels, demons, and people. Like that's it for most people. When And I'm like, that doesn't seem to make sense because the metaphysical realm transcends and is superior to the physical realm. Which means we got to ask the question, why do we think that species variation is limited to just the natural world? Or more importantly, why do we limit the diversity of God's creative power to just earth alone? Like scripture gives us some really wild ideas that about God's reality in his space that doesn't fit well in the, you know, earth standard narrative of what we see as far as life forms. For instance, the living creatures that are listed listed in scripture that have four separate and distinct faces. What do you do with that? Oh, I know no who that idea. is. That's man. That's Manny faces from Hey Man. There you go. But there's four <laughs> of them. Right. So one of them we could write off. You got three other ones. You got to account for I'm like, that's a wild idea. The idea of like fallen angels mating with humanity. What do you do with that? Like that, that's a I, crazy idea. Yeah. Even even the idea that it it could happen, you know what I mean? People I actually a... think that's where the lizard people are, are are from. Now that you bring that up, is the fallen angels? I think it's right. I mean, honestly, I don't think it's a lizard person. I just think they didn't know what to do with it. Like what you said, they their brain couldn't wrap around it, and they were like, "Oh, it must be this." and I mean, it kind of stuck, but well, it's, it's, I, I personally think that. It's a barriers of language as well, Heidi. If you only had certain yeah. words that you could define things as within the human language, you're going to give mm-hmm. it the closest approximation to a word you have within your vocabulary. So that could define why lizard person or um, things that can transmute themselves and shape shift are described as all being the one type of thing. 
what you're talking about before, Jason, with speciation, I'm going to come back to it from a mainstream, normie scientific perspective. If we think about how long the world has supposedly been in existence for and how long dinosaurs existed for, there's a Mm -hmm. 65 million year head start to what we had to get to our point of evolution, air quotes. So if you go off the mainstream narrative of science, it doesn't completely rule out the possibility that an upright walking dinosaur could have existed. And I think that's where we see a lot of science fiction come into this. We see um, television shows and movies like V, where there's lizard people that we find out on that show actually evolved on Earth, went out in the stars and then came back and were perceived as aliens because they came from the outside. So there's this this weird amalgamation, like you said, of the physical and the metaphysical and human understanding trying to conceptualise and understand something that, for whatever reason, people rightfully so are believe they are seeing things and they're trying to describe and understand it within their scope of reference. If they have a spiritual or religious reference, they might see these things as nephilim, fallen ones, angels, demons, things of that nature. If you're someone who has a conceptual understanding of the alien world and and different species and different beings, you might identify those as Draco reptilians, and that's your that's your point of reference. So mm-hmm. it's it's probably a point where I always say this: everything kind of coalesces into a grey mixed area. I think that's where the the nugget of truth is, and the spiritual and the metaphysical. I think those are those become one in the same on this realm, but there are clear differences outside of it. I think that a lot of things coalesce within where we live and we get a glimpse of them as humans. No, I, I can, I can understand that. I think that as soon as we start having the conversation, a lot of things have to be shifted or, or, or perceived from the get go, because a lot of us have already had an informed conversation from mainstream media. And I think one of the things we like to start with at, at ORP is that, you know, operation red pill. We're normally asking, we deal with a lot of fringe ideas. So it's easy to get sucked into that stuff and you don't want to actually quote unquote, just believe everything. So we have to find out, is there a credible possibility that this thing could be X, Y, and Z. And um, I think that it's a phenomenal idea. I think scripture actually gives a pretty good framework for why something like this could exist. And I think that we have to do something with what we see, because there's a lot of stuff in scripture that just blows the mind. For instance, you know, I was talking to Christopher earlier when you have the thing with, with Moses and the, the rod and God tells him, you know, throw the rod down and it becomes a snake. I don't know what you do with a piece of wood becoming an entire different living life form. And then apparently this was able to be replicated because <laughs> Pharaoh's sorcerers did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then God's snake ate their snake. Like what is that wood inside of wood? Cause it turned back into a <laughs> stick. Like what do you do with that? There's no scientific basis for that. If I can accept that, the idea of lizard people is not something that's going to blow my container. But I also find it interesting that, you know, there's certain stories in scripture that people tend to have a lot of problem with that I think a a perspective shift allows a change in how we take in that information. I'm talking about the, uh, um, wow. Uh, Who's the dude after Moses? Why can't I think of his name? Christopher, who's the guy after Moses? Is it Moses' Not son? Josh. You mean that took his place? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Joshua. I don't know. I was thinking Josiah. Too much West Wing. But Joshua, <laughs> when he has the conquest, 
and he goes through and there's a, there's a certain time where he has to kill all women and, you know, men, women, and children. And it's even animals. And it seems overly, overly abusive, you know, and way too extreme. And a lot of times that's been used as a, as a benchmark to try to put, you know, pigeonhole to attack God's character. But there are texts, ancient Jewish texts that record that some of the tribes, those ones in particular, that Joshua had to go against actually came from Canaanite tribes that had shapeshifters in their community. Right. And so they could have hidden in plain sight and looked like something else and actually, you know, continued on. So God was like, now nah, you, you have to take all of that out. If they had shapeshifters back then, lizard people doesn't really blow my framework. It's just a change I of terminology, isn't it? Possible. I think mm-hmm. so. And then what do you do with firsthand eyewitness of testimony? People who have survived satanic ritual abuse situations and have actually testified, reported to the fact that they have witnessed this happen. They have witnessed people shape shift, change forms. I don't think it's something that you can really dismiss. And it's kind of funny to a quote unquote scientific minded society. We would be quick to dismiss that, but we love science fiction. So which one is it? Is it too real? That we, you know, we can't accept it or have we been conditioned? Like, listen, this, this fits within our framework. This is something you really can't accept. I think it's, well, it's not, thing. it's not just the framework. They want it that way because they don't want us to blow the top off that. Because if we, if we know, and you start putting that out there, then they can't take over bodies or do weird stuff like that they're doing that. I think they do. So, you know, replication or or whatever. I mean, the, the cloning's for a reason. Like, I, I don't buy that they're just in the DNA tests and the breaches and like, what are they doing with that? So they don't want us to be thinking critically and say, okay, scientifically, as a nurse, I know this, this, and this can happen. If they can make sheep, like for heaven's sakes, that was years and years and years ago, they can make yep. other things too. Yeah. They don't yeah, want us to think. Sure. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you think about like, what's happening scientifically now would just say the molly experiment where they cloned a sheep if that's what's being presented in the 90s as being mainstream science what's behind closed doors would be far more advanced and far more nefarious than that it actually Mm -hmm. goes a lot deeper than this i went through this crazy crazy long thread about how reptilians could fit within the the realm of scripture and how they're represented and what terms they may be referred to but all stems back to the garden of eden and Satan's seed, and this is just what I've read and I'm, I'm communicating now, Satan's seed and the woman's seed will struggle as the devil has been trying to intermingle his seed with humans to change their image of God and almost succeed in annihilating the human race. Satan has a seed and there will be a struggle between his seed and the woman's seed, as mentioned in the Bible. Eve was not only pregnant with Adam's child, but of the devil's child, as stated in the Bible. And this is supported by medical research, knowing that a woman can have two men's Um, children in the utero at the same time the devil has been trying to intermingle his seed with humans in order to change their image of god and almost succeed in annihilating and stealing the human race now this on its face sounds like something a a great deception would be trying to taint god's greatest creation of mankind trying to make it his trying to take away from it and we know that this grand game of chess that both the deceiver and god are playing against each other 
God's foreseen what's going to happen at the end goal. And they're kind of playing each move off against each other. If God created this perfect being of man, Satan had to find a way to manipulate that and make it imperfect, destroy his creation. And we see that both through the Nephilim in the stories of old, and we see it in potentially in Genesis in which uh, Eve was deceived in such a way of um, partaking of the fruit. And was that just the fruit or was it taking on Satan's seed at the same time? These are, these are questions I'm seeing in a lot of um, Christian groups and in a lot of conversations it's almost like we're seeing that intermingling like you said jason of science fiction is kind of blurring its way into what biblical scripture would be it's almost like the point of reference and understanding is being represented through science fiction and conspiracy theory and it's connecting a few dots for people or making a few things obvious in scripture now whether that's correct or whether that's misreading of scripture that's an entirely different point but the fact that there's things that are starting to make sense. So it looks as if a broader picture is being seen now. It's like we're putting all the puzzle pieces together and getting a broader picture of what's happening. Right. And they're even, they're even, I mean, it's, it's gone beyond just the realm of science fiction because I mean, transhumanism, you know, what do they say that we want to take on divine characteristics and Klaus Schwab has said, you know, that the fourth industrial revolution is going to be about redefining what it means to be human. I mean, so they're they're saying it, you know, they're saying the quiet part out loud. It's it's kind of crazy. Well, they, they have to. Well, they have to because it's revelation of the method. If they don't do revelation of the method, then they're held at that karmic uh, default that they get that back onto them. So everything that they do when people say, well, why would they tell us that? That makes no sense. Why would they disclose this or that? They have to. It's part of the law. It's part of their law, like Aleister Crowley's stuff. Like revelation of the method has to happen for them to have their hands clean. So I don't know. I think one of the other things I'll go ahead, Christopher. Go ahead, Jason. No, you can go. I think one of the other things that um we we have to consider you know, one of the things the scripture says is that Lucifer, one of the reasons he got kicked out of heaven was due to the trading that he had going on and the violence of that trading. But we never stopped to really ask who was he trading with? And there appears to be pre adamic entities and civilizations that existed for him to be in trade with that eventually he came into league with or they came into league with him to help form this satanic coalition right? In which you rebel against God and, and, and you start this kingdom of darkness. If we know that, and we combine that with what we know today, that there do seem to be transdimensional entities. What is to say that you couldn't take a being, let's say even a physical being that existed and it actually be teleported, if you will, to this planet. I think it's completely possible and nothing that has to do with the evolutionary progression, but an actual entity that predates humanity. I think it's completely possible for those type of things to actually occur, which would actually, in my, in my opinion, help to explain a lot of what we see going on. Well, in the Bible, it says that we weren't, we weren't the only world. He mentions in the Bible that, that there were others before us, especially if you go to Judaic, you know, before, if you go to the Judaic texts, it, it talks about that. It talks about that 
that we're not the only quote unquote world. I mean, he doesn't say it that way, but it's there. And so people don't want to accept that because I think, and I, I don't think it's about, I think that what it was, was the creation that we are, which is what ticked everything off so badly was it never was formed in the image of God until we, until we were here because God breathe that breath of life into Adam, it made him different. It made him apart because actual name of God sounds like a breath. If you, if you take away the bowels, like it was written before. So it's special. And that was what set everything off. You know, wasn't that these other places didn't exist or whatever. It was that we were different and they didn't want to bow to us. And and that's just the truth. So yeah, we have such a me centric, you know, humanity has such a me centric view of ourselves and, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're the first, the preeminent, we're the ones that we started. We are the most important and we're also from apes, but that's different. They're not, they're not the most important. <laughs> we may way, be most I, important. <laughs> right. We may be most important, but I definitely don't believe in the apes. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how we have this, you know, so much, so much cognitive dissonance is being uh, put out there through the mainstream narrative. And then when you get to questions like this, oh, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. No, that that doesn't work for me. I'm science only. I'm like, "Mm, entertainment industry would beg to differ. You might be science only on paper, but a lot of us seem to like these these fanciful ideas until they come back. Not just science only, but they're like, well, that's not a text I want to read. Well, that's not a canon that's in in the Bible. Oh, I don't want to know about that. I'm like, you better know everything, including, and I mentioned the occult stuff before, you better know your enemy because just like football, what do you do if you're going to go study the plays before the game of the team that you're going to play? You better know all the things. And a lot of Christians are afraid and they may not want that. They don't like that idea. But I'm all in on that because I was deceived in a way that was demonic. So now I'm like, no, nope, right, I'm going right. to find out everything. <laughs> no, Heidi, bring, bring it all. Give me the information. Yep. I need to Give make me a decision. But Heidi, yes, it's, exactly. far, yes. it's far more easy to sit in the car park tailgating and drinking beers. It's so much easier to do that. Why would I look at the plays? <laughs> no. so Christopher, true. that's not so you. true. Don't, don't feel attacked, Christopher. Oh no, Christopher! No, I was like, I was like, why can't we sit in the car park, have beers, and talk about this stuff? Like, they don't have to be completely separated because it's illegal to be in a car with a beer. That's a problem. I need you to know the laws. So funny. Uh oh. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we just touched on the idea of there being multiple worlds, multiple dimensions, and we see that a lot in media today and entertainment with like the multiverse that's being pushed through dc marvel science fiction these are all elements which are colliding with what i would say is scriptural and historical precedents for these types of things being true you mentioned before jason that there lucifer was in league with someone or something or entities of the pre-adamites now, if we look at those through the, the historical understanding of there being a great civilization before mankind, we would look at those as the Atlanteans or some other forgotten ghost civilization. These people, for all intensive purposes, disappeared. But the interesting thing I find about a lot of these early civilizations that through through the the scientific method and looking at their 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 relics and 
the evidence of their existence. There's a lot of serpent symbolism, a lot of dragons, a lot of snakes. That seems to be the the emblem of these people. And we see this replicated through through historical artifacts, flags, everything. There's always the eagle eating the serpent. It's represented in the Mexican flag. We <laughs> see that in a lot of Chinese mythology in which there's the flying dragon or the flying serpent. There's a rep- there's a, a precedence of this reptilian type of a, a almost a deity or leader within these ancient cultures. And for a lot of these ancient cultures to just up and disappear, like Mesoamerican Indians, they don't know what really what happened to the Omec. They just disappeared overnight. Is that a case of they just died off due to disease or drought or famine? Or did they actively step through into some kind of dimensional portal and join the people that they were deceived by? These are broader, bigger conversations, but the the symbolism we see across a lot of these ancient cultures is that the representation of the serpent is very, very strong in a lot of these a lot of these pre Christian and pagan cultures around the world. Mm-hmm. Well, and maybe that's what the dinosaurs were after all. I feel like they were very much more represented by the dragons in in China and all these things. Like, how do we know? Like, they say they know these things. They don't know. They don't know these things. So would they very well could be flying serpents that were dinosaurs. They're not going to give you the full truth anyway, and they're not going to show you the whole thing anyway. You're only going to get the pieces that they want to give you, period period. I've been to the Smithsonian. Like they only show you what they want to show you. I've been to the Louvre. They only show you what they want to show you. It's very controlled and it's very fast paced. And, and I've been to the Vatican and it's very fast paced. Like you don't get to stop and smell the roses and look around and try and figure stuff out. Half of it, you can't even take a photo. They don't want you figuring anything out. They want you controlled period. That's yeah, and I think that I that it. really lends to the what we like to call the false reality overlay. You know, this whole idea of nothing to see here. We're going to control, you know, what you think, you know, and anything beyond that you need to be cleared for. And if not, yep. then we'll just go ahead and write that off as you're crazy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's interesting. Yep. Scripture doesn't pull any punches on that. Like, There's way more crazier stuff in there than the stuff <laughs> you're allowed to, to poke at here. <laughs> But they're they're well, ext- and- right. They're extremely protective about that, and it, it's got to lend to something. Like why? If you look, if you ever have had somebody like my uncle is retired now, so he tells me some things sometimes, and I won't say exactly what, but he's airborne green beret, highly decorated, like up, 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 you know. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'll I'll lay something on him, and I'm like, because I work where I work, it's a psych hospital, but we have four floors of military people, including the FBI and the NSA, and like people that that need help too for that you know like mentally or a lot of times it's substance abuse so they come in there and they'll be talking you over here so crazy stuff and i'll be like i i'll just ask my uncle on the slide like so and he's like right. oh yeah 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 and i'm like yeah i thought that sounded kind of real you know like <laughs> right because <laughs> right. sometimes it's hard to know and it, he'll he'll be like oh yeah that that's a thing, blah, blah, blah. But like, don't you I find mean, yourself looking surprised. at him and being like, like, that's a thing? Like, you said that real calm. What <laughs> makes you uncomfortable? Uncle, we need to talk um, about the stuff that you've seen. <laughs> he does. He does sometimes. He's like, well, you know, they just say I'm crazy anyway. I'm like, oh, okay, that's nice to know. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, he's because he's like, after he got out, I mean, the decompression was so bad. I mean, he was in for so long and he was like doing crazy. We wouldn't even know where he was, you know, and he was doing like crazy missions and all kinds of stuff. And he, he just says it like nothing. He shows me some stuff sometimes and I'm like, okay. <laughs> right, he's see, got receipts. Like <laughs> stuff like that, like actually causes me to go now. No, okay. Wait a minute. Let's slow it down a second. Yeah. You got somebody that was involved in clandestine operations, right? And not like one. I can understand if you had one here, like, nice. whoa, yo, that jungle was a doozy. <laughs> we have an entire military regiment, like a, a group of people that we trained in order to do black ops stuff. Like, is there that much black ops stuff to do? Then you find out what they're doing. Like, it wasn't a weekend. It wasn't like it was a couple months. We were lost in the back end of Barbados. No, no, I no. was in this for like 25 years. You had yeah. 25 years worth of stuff. And then mm. one of those things breaks out and the public's like, no, no, that can't be real. We think they was doing for 25 years, like yeah. push-ups. Yeah. That's all they was doing. <laughs> Their no, core strength is impeccable. Exactly. <laughs> no, I was out there handling stuff, getting stuff done. Right. He's like, no, that can't be real. Like, uh, absolutely. It's not. Not, not at all. We spend Some, millions of dollars sometimes, just for sit-ups. Yeah, so, sometimes he'll just be like, <laughs> and I'm right. like, okay, yeah, that's great. And I mean, it blows your mind in a way, but then you're like, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> it's kind of exactly. nice sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Then it gets oh, a little well. un uncomfortable when you start piecing <laughs> things like that together. Yeah. Right? Like, I remember I was yeah. doing some research and I found out, you know, I was looking at security clearances. I always thought top secret was the highest. And then I found out there were security clearances above that. And I'm like, what for? Oh, yeah. what, do you, what do you need above top secret? Like top secret is shh, hush. Like there's more above that. Like that's, there's a security clearance of we'll kill you if you say something. Like, like who signs up for that? Hi, I'm here for the, we'll kill you. If I say something clearance, you can check with my friends. I'm very reliable. I'm good. I hear we're going to be doing nothing. If I get that clearance, like nothing at all. I'm just going to sit behind the desk. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like, no, there's, there's big stuff going on. And well, I think this, the public has got to wake up to that. Well, this kind of ties back to the stories of the Collins elite, which were supposedly elements within the American military that through the UFO investigations, disclosure and whatnot, as Christians felt that these were actually demonic entities, not alien entities that the military thought they were. And they actively tried to do what they could to try and, prevent things from happening but what we're finding out more and more is these stories are starting to become mainstream knowledge now the alien disclosure thing's very big at the moment and within the past mm -hmm. week that one of the biggest stories on twitter was that key um senators and military leaders were very cautious about releasing alien documentation because they saw it as demonic and they didn't want the broader community to know that mm -hmm. demons had been in league with the government or the government had anything to do with covering up demonic entities. And this is coming from people at the highest heads of office where a lot of people are like, see, they're talking about UFOs. I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, back up. <laughs> that guy said demons are real and he didn't want the public <laughs> exactly. to know about it. Like that's the dude I want to talk to. Like you, you, yeah. you said demons. Now I was under the impression that it was purely scientific, physical, whatever I could see, such touch, taste, smell, all of that was all there was. Where do demons fall in this? Because now I gotta have a new <laughs> folder. And we talking about it in, in a Senate hearing? 
Like, that's wild. Like, how long y'all been sitting on this one? Because you know, a lot of people that was talking about, exactly. A lot of people that were talking about, hey, this is happening. Ah, oh, man, that's conspiracy theory. I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to drag those people back and be like, see, you, you got to do some jail time for that. You have <laughs> wow. to. Wow. It's really just kind of dawned to me. Just really dawned to me, and it could be a potential episode for us, um, Jason, as a movie analysis. ET, who was Elliot really helping? He had an illuminated no. finger and touching Elliot and calling home. Was that exactly. really an alien, or was that some kind mm. of a weird little shuffling demonic entity? I don't know. I was mad that he was brown. That was that was the problem I had. With <laughs> I was like, we got a brown dude showing up oh here. And the white folks got him under a blanket. He riding around uh, in a basket on a bicycle. <laughs> I think I took the wrong thing away from the film, so I'm willing to give it a second <laughs> second go through. Oh my yeah, gosh! We got to add that maybe to the list, Drew. That's funny. All right, I'm gonna leave uh, this this topic before we move on to the next one. Ephesians six twelve states. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in this heavenly place. That kind of sums up the entire conversation we've been having so far. It's beyond the physical. It's even beyond the spiritual. These things are all happening at the same time. Kind of brings us into this conversation, which you alluded to earlier, Jason, about there being other worlds and life within the universe. The galaxy of the universe is an ocean of space with countless stars and planetary bodies. According to the Kepler team, there is an estimated 50 billion planets within the Milky Way galaxy alone. Of those 50 billion, at least 500 million are within the habitable zone capable of harboring life. So what does this mean? If you are to go off the scientific hypothesis, millions upon millions of life forms could exist amongst the depths of space. Does this help support the notion of a creator? Does it dismiss it? Or is God only responsible for our little planetary system? The Vatican itself has come out with public statements suggesting that belief in both aliens and God is okay. The Vatican chief astronomer is quoted as saying, there's no conflict between believing in God and the possibility of extraterrestrial brothers, perhaps more evolved than us. This 45-year-old Reverend, Reverend Jose Gabriel Funes is a Jesuit priest who went on to say, Just as there is a multiplicity of creatures on Earth, there can be other beings, even intelligent ones, created by God. This is not in contrast with our faith, but we we cannot put limits on God's creative freedoms. So where does it sit? A lot of people out there, this is where I think the, the Christian community gets very skewed. There's a camp that is very fundamental and flat Earth, and this being a contained space or realm. And then there are Christians who who follow the idea that God's creativity and creation is far beyond our own space and can go out into the universe. This is where I think the biggest division in this conversation occurs. So what what's our takeaway from this? Can it's the scientific method proposes there definitely can be life beyond Earth. And as this Jesuit priest in the Vatican suggested, there's no cap on the creation of God and his creation in the universe. So what's our belief on this as as a group? Heidi, the now Jesuits I, I, run, uh, yeah. the Jesuits I, run I know, everything. Right? There we go. But <laughs> Heidi, I've got a question for you, and please, please yes. correct me if I'm wrong. I have a very rudimentary understanding of Mormonism, but doesn't Mormonism explain that you get your own planet when you die? Yes. 
Okay. Well, depends. It depends. It depends on if you ask them now because it sounds insane and they're like, we never said that. Or if you ask them before when I grew up and they raised us that that was going to happen and we would grow up and go to Kolob. Yes, planet Kolob, where men would be able to take on wives for eternity and have millions of little babies while we all just serve them. Yeah, that's what Kolob is. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So not my idea of heaven, but you know, oh, I'll give it a chance. Share my husband. Yeah, I'm just saying, <laughs> a, you know, yeah, you know, that's what they call a confab, a collab. Um, you know, yeah. Col- collab. You're right. Collab. <laughs> so, Good uh, no, but I, I do think that overall, like, I mean, I think you can still believe in the flat earth and, and multiple planes. Like people have problems with like the realm, like there's more than just, it's like the book theory. Like there's hundreds of pages in a book, but it's still flat, you know, mm-hmm. like, I I don't think it has to be one or the other. Although I think the firmament is domed, but I, I don't know anything else only because of a rainbow, only because of the shape of a rainbow and the way reflection works. I'm like, well, and the Simpsons, I mean, they well, never I think get people, it wrong. I think people conflate <laughs> the idea of like a dome. They, they kind of can't conceptualize a dome possibly floating in space with normal planets everywhere. They're trying to combine um, their point of reference with scientific understanding and then um, their biblical understanding. And the two kind of get muddied up and the message becomes a bit mixed. But I could conceptualize the idea of Earth being a globe. And there being multiple planets. Yeah, I and I wouldn't dismiss the idea that God had the ability to create all those planets and create all those possible beings and possible civilizations. But as the Bible said, we are in God's image and we were given the breath from God. So that makes us different from the rest, right? That's why right. it seems to be this focus of the me as a human. And this is why we have this outside fear of alien attack or alien intervention. But if these planets do exist... And there is life on other planets. What could it could it possibly look like? Would they have any idea of God? Would they be following their own version of the Bible? These are these are questions that I think science fiction tiptoes around and plays with from time to time. Well, so I think before we go oh, into that, go hang on. Have you heard of the uh, the Fermi paradox? I have. Yes. Explain yeah, so it. Okay, so. Uh, can't remember his first name, Dr. Fermi. Uh, he was a uh, – he worked on the Manhattan Project, right? He sure did. And uh, he was saying – because you were mentioned earlier how, you know, there's so many different planets and a number of them are in the habitable zone. The issue with a purely scientific discussion about this is that – with the earth being as young as they say it is in comparison to the rest of the universe and all of these other planets possibly, you know, being able to support life, then why haven't we seen any remnants of life in our uh, exploration of the, the universe? You know, mathematically they say that we should have seen some remnants or been in contact by some, some entity at this point. And it was really bizarre that we hadn't because there should be a ton of planets that are supporting life similar to ours. So because there's not an explanation to that, they had to come up with different ideas like um, he posed that maybe there's a uh, 
a particular barrier to life, that creating life is way more difficult than we had originally thought. So maybe that's why the Earth is the only planet that has life. Or maybe that there's this weird threshold that life cannot surpass. So we've not met that yet and seen our our extinction, but maybe all of the other planets that came before Earth have met that. So it's really interesting to try to see how just a um, the perception of strong scientism and, and assessing, you know, are there things, are there entities on other planets? Because it it doesn't really work if you just look at the the science. You know, it has a bunch of hiccups in it, like the the Fermi paradox. So that that's all I wanted to to, to throw out there because when you were bringing up the habitable planets, I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, the, the scientific method has to have a lot of healthy speculation in that regard. Like you said, either it's the terrifying concept of we're alone in the universe, or it's there were other things out there, but they died off because they met their threshold as a civilization and they kind of just, they faded out. Like there's the idea right. that a civilization gets to a certain point where it, it evolves beyond needing a physical body and becomes pure energy. We see that all through Star Trek, Star Wars, all those types of big budget um, science fiction type of adaptions and that's their kind of way of unofficially using science fiction to answer the own gaps within the scientific method but then you have to think about what we we're talking about earlier that the point of reference is it possible that we have seen these entities from other worlds on earth but they've gone by other names okay well, if it's possible yeah. for if it's possible for God to keep us from going through the firmament, as we know, it is like multiple failures we can watch. Like it's possible for him to veil anything from our eyes. It's possible for him to shield us from them or them from us or keep it separate. Like, you know, the, the scripture comes to mind is we do not think as God does, like God thinks differently than us. So like we will never, I don't know that we'll know that because I mean, if he doesn't want that knowledge out there, then it's, it's not going to happen. He, it could be right in front of us and, and not be there. Like, I think. Well, within, within our own, our own galaxy, our own little um, solar system, we have evidence air quotes of life that's existed on, on at least Mars, at least we've got um, mm -hmm. meteoric impacts of stone that have bacteria or worm like creatures within that so life has existed on mars at some point according to the to the mainstream method and and right. research so th there's already evidence that life exists within our solar system um whether that becomes higher forms of life or not that that's a bigger question and i think that's the question that a lot of people struggle to ask like christopher alluded to if the scientific method have has all this evidence why aren't we seeing it and like you alluded to, maybe we're not supposed to see it. Maybe they can't leave their own realm. Maybe they can't go through their own firmament. Or perhaps they have. And we've seen them in the likes of um, multidimensional beings or maybe UFOs are just their vehicles for, for getting to this realm. These are big, big if, questions. But when we think about scripture, God, yeah. How does, if, how does scripture God, allow for this? Yeah. If God, like, almost destroyed the whole world to wipe out the sins of the Nephilim. Like they were, they were making all kinds of creations that were abominations. If God went to that level and almost wiped out the whole world, like just to protect what he created and left 
one man and his family alive, then I could see him putting it in us, number one, to be fearful. And many people are there. They have an innate uh, fear that, well, we shouldn't tamper with things like that, or we should be afraid of aliens, or we should be afraid of whatever. And I think it's there for a reason, just like as a predator knows prey, prey knows a predator. Like it, it, it's a known fact that it's not supposed to be best friends with a fox if they're a rabbit, you know? So I think in us, we feel that for a reason. And from God, he's trying to protect his creation, but he does say before the second coming, it will be again, like the days of Noah. And I think we're headed right down that tube with all of this, like messing around with cloning and AI and all this weird stuff. Like, I think this is exactly in a different way. I think it came more naturally than happening again, but I feel like he, he's trying to protect it. If that makes sense, like to keep it separated, but that's just my thoughts. I don't know. No, I I think I I would say that I I could agree with that. And I think there's a, there's a level of, cooperation that's necessary for these whether they are so it's interesting when you start talking extraterrestrial whether or not you're talking extraterrestrial in a in a physical sense you know like are there aliens on you know jupiter or mars or extraterrestrial in a dimensional sense you know but uh however you look at it there there seems to be whether it be because of the dominion mandate for man or, you know, protections that God has put in place, they need access. Like we have to open doors. I think that's why we're doing things like CERN. We have mm -hmm. to be the ones to kind of extend that hand and let them in. And and, yep. and that's where it gets really dangerous. That's well, where Crowley like kind of comes it. into it. Crowley has that whole idea of opening up yes. <laughs> doorways or opening up the window or the veil <laughs> to allow things in. Like, what's the representation we see of Lamb? Lamb looks like a stereotypical grey alien. That should raise well, some concern for people. And that didn't come from a, hey, I've pointed a laser light at the sky and, and I've flagged down a UFO. This thing came through esoteric and occult methods into this realm via spiritual manner, not through a physical lens. Well, same right. thing for John right. D. Same thing for Jack Parsons, same thing for Joseph Smith, in my opinion. Uh, I, I feel like yeah, it's all, yeah. it's all magical creating and it's, it's not done naturally, but just like we see in movies, then movies show us revelation of the method. Once again, what do you have to do to have a vampire come in your house? You have to invite them in. This doesn't right. just happen. Yeah, it, it's it's a situation because I believe the scripture that you came out with at first, what did it say? And God would keep his seed protected like he could crush the head of the serpent because but he can get our heel. So it goes right back to that. What you started with about separating the seed from woman or man, like it, it literally says that. So in my mind, it it's, it's already in there that we're not supposed to, we're not supposed to really be doing that. I think it occurs in really strange cases like John D like Mohammed, like uh, Steve jobs and the iPhone, by the way, most people don't know that one, but like all these strange things that happened, well, they didn't on, just on. happen. You just going to skim past that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
See you, Jack, on the iPhone. I'm holding yeah, an really iPhone did. as we speak. Can you please tell me that this thing is not Sorry. a demonic portal? Because I'd be very, very upset. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm, I'm going to need uh, you to elaborate there. And my asthma's in rare form, so I keep coughing, but I keep muting. So sorry if I cough a little. But um, okay, no, I think it is demonic because I think it goes back to the Black Mirror of John D. No, if you know anything about the Black Mirror of John D. And what what did the black mirrors consist of? They were crystals. And what does LCD stand for? Liquid crystalline display. No, I don't think they're saying. <laughs> no, I think we're all holding a little black mirror in our hands full of crystals that make them work just like John D did with magic. I don't think they just work. And Steve Jobs found the iPhone stuff when he went on some trek to a cave and they said, oh, there's a guy up there that lives up there that's never had a mother or father. And he's umpteen years old. And he went up there and came back with this knowledge. And I'm just saying, same thing. If you look at Carrie Mullis, like all of the stuff that came out for the lovely tests that were created from it, all of that knowledge happened because he went and got really high on mushrooms and then woke up and it was written on his car. Like, okay, these let's, two, let's yeah. go down this yeah. thought process. You alluded to <laughs> having to invite things, things in technology yes. being a, a creation of contact with possible interdimensional beings, what have you during hallucinogenic experiences. Let's go back to a physical idea of searching for life in the universe the SETI program, the search for extraterrestrial life. Not only are we listening for radio signals, we're sending them out at an unprecedented rate, looking yes. for life. Does that in itself become an invitation for, hey, come and borrow some brown sugar. Here's the door. Well, come on in. and and not just that, but the boxes that contain the like science for AI, they, they keep them in this weird extra cold, cold storage. And there's this whole like, this guy in the 80s, 90s got up and talked about it. And he says, oh, and if you stand close enough to it, it has a heartbeat. And I'm like, we are messing with things <laughs> that we should not be messing with at all. I'm not saying every phone is demonic. I'm saying that. that Just the iPhone 10. We're, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's where do one. we get that? Where? Why Just does wait it for work? the iPhone 66. That's going to be right? crazy. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and 93. <laughs> but all of these things, like what, what makes it work? Like we really don't know. Like we, what makes certain things work? We really don't know. But the fact that I know enough about John D to know like about the black mirror and to know, I mean, once you start plugging little things in and you start getting that knowledge, like Maybe I still use them this, but I definitely am praying over everything that I touch because I want to make That's sure smart. that and and who has dominion over the airways where we're constantly on as podcasters. The devil has dominion yeah. over the airways. Yep. So yep. We, well, jokes we on him. He has to wise. listen to my Australian accent all the time. <laughs> uh, That's how I go to sleep. <laughs> so, Drew, but, I, I, we, can I go back though, uh, to the we, right, we like it. We like it. I think that um, I, I think we might, and I don't mean us, but I think in general, this question of is there life beyond Earth, I think it misses something. You know, is there extraterrestrial life? And I think Christopher hinted at this a moment ago, you know, where we're talking about how you define life, I think is very important. And are we talking about, you know, a difference in dimension or a physical uh, 
a, a physical location. Is there life like on Mars or, or somewhere else? And I got in trouble with one of my family members because I pushed this idea. And I was like, yo, let me ask you something. They're like, oh, gosh, here we go. <laughs> I was like, hey, quick question, real easy. I know you're making some eggs right now. Just want to know, do you think the Bible supports the idea of extraterrestrials? And they were like, oh, absolutely, unequivocally, no. I was like, who uses words like unequivocally while making eggs? This is going to be a great conversation. <laughs> who starts like, that conversation while making eggs? <laughs> this person. This is the only way I can have me a genuine conversation. Jason. He sat in the kitchen. The mind here. He sat down. He waited for them to crack an egg. And then he got up and started asking questions. So I got an idea. Something has been bugging at the noodle here. And so I, I said, okay, well, if life is only on this planet, how do you resolve the fact that God is alive? And they were like, uh, <laughs> what? So I said, okay. Hand me the pepper. Down. Hand me the pepper. Exactly. <laughs> they started hurting. And I was like, what do you do with angels? <laughs> Technically, an angel or a celestial being is an extraterrestrial because they are not on the, a terrestrial plane, right? They're not relegated to to this dimensional plane of existence. And the Bible says they exist. Living creatures exist. Fallen angels exist. Mm -hmm. A whole host of other entities have to exist that are not necessarily earth bound. So can extraterrestrials exist? Absolutely. Matter of fact, every time an angel shows up, they are coming from somewhere. Right. And they pop up and, and people and freak out. it's not out. always good. It's not it's always not. good. <laughs> right. And they normally have to be like, don't be afraid. I've been mean, like, that's not working. You have to come with something else, boss. And I need you back up six feet. You are too close, Mr. Angel. I don't know what you bring. Doesn't Mr. don't Angel. be afraid. And I come in peace seem like a very similar phraseology that seems to be repeated. Science fiction use kind of draws off the, the biblical scripture of angels representing themselves saying, ye not be afraid, but it's the same thing in science fiction as I come in peace because humans exactly. would just be wetting themselves at whatever steps off that ship twice and who That's says the ship? like the ship's one thing what do you do when you make an eggs and turn around and the angels like what's up how the hell that? did you get in here first off second of all <laughs> don't what's up me you got a lot of explaining to do and what message you got and stop glowing in my house Ain't gonna bring us in here with angel dust and all Ooh, angel dust That's, that's you know well, but well, the... hang on hang on before you go on you know most people would freak out you know when they mm -hmm. an angel just pops up behind them one of the craziest stories for me in the bible is zachariah he's in the holy of holies right you know he was selected mm -hmm. it was his and, and he's in there and an angel shows up and gives him a message and he didn't freak out he, he you know none of the normal responses that you would expect he's like i don't know if i can believe you like who does that what kind of demented <laughs> individual has that response I would, no, sorry, I, just... I would say that. I would say that. I feel Jason would also say that. Come on. I'm going to probably disqualify yeah. myself for whatever yeah. God said. Like, God said, you're not ready. Uh, yeah, pause that. I still want to deal with how you snuck up on me, bro. Like, my Negro <laughs> senses should have been a little bit sharper. I mean, you got, like, silent wings. What What plan are you on? This ain't fair. Jason would be like, let's back up. Let's make some eggs and let's pull this out. Right, let's talk this through, bro. They, you got a new they recipe won't show for up. eggs. They won't show up to Drew because Drew's part Nephilim with his red hair. And green eyes. <laughs> exactly. 
But you know, I, I also think have green have... eyes. <laughs> I have green oh, that's eyes. That's funny. But we we have all of these different entities that that show up, right? I I think that not only can there be a support for life elsewhere, I think one of the problems is we have a very reductionist view of what life is. Like it can only be a higher form carbon-based life form, or we might accept bacteria, but what about non-physical? But we can't even get people to understand each other's races, let alone other planets. I mean, come on. People are so ridiculous. Like, at this point in the world, still, we have to explain, like, to certain people, like, no, this is not okay. No, that's not okay. No, people are all the same pretty much inside. Like, and if we can't even figure it out in our race, no wonder they're not letting us figure it out anywhere else. Like, we can't even figure it out here. Like, people I think need a to lot get... of that has its roots in the fact that we've we've categorically lowbrowed and crapped on the Bible, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, even if we took the concept of race, you couldn't have racism the way it exists. If you accepted the fact that scripture says out of one blood, God created everyone. So the idea that we would have separate races does not hold up. Then you can't build the type of prejudice or bigotry off of that idea that we've experienced. You first have to buy a lie that we are separate species that have derived from evolutionary processes that were not directed by a created being, which all violates scripture. Then we can move into, we have to now be at contention with one another. We have to be in conflict. We have to have uh, a conflict for resources. We have to be at war. And then I, we have racism. And it, not just race, all men resolved. and women. It's all of it. It's everything. Like you can't even get through to people that I'm like, you know, there's no sex or race in heaven, right? Like knock it off. Like people still don't, they don't get it. And I'm like, I don't know how to always help people because sometimes my mouth gets me in big trouble. But like, I I just don't understand, you know, well, I cannot mean, relate to that. This, this no, is because my whole family is like a melting pot. So I'm, I wasn't raised that way. I, it wasn't mm-hmm. a thing for my life. So when I step out of my my life where everyone <laughs> is different anyways, and you see it like at work or something, I'm like, whoa what is happening in your brain? You know, like, like it doesn't never made sense to me, but. Well, uh, Heidi, there's yeah. a masters of science fiction um, television movie that alludes to this idea that how could humans ever accept aliens if they are real, because we can't even accept ourselves as humanity. Huh. And it's the idea of shape-shifting aliens yet again, shapeshifters arrive on earth. These aliens do know God and they are followers of God. They arrive on earth they can't tro- show their true form to humanity because when they arrived the first time and showed themselves, oh, no. they look like what a stereotypical <laughs> demon looks like in Western mythos. So the first aliens that arrived on Earth were killed by early humans of the church <laughs> and they couldn't present them true selves. And when the people find yeah. out about it, they think they're under a demonic invasion, but they're aliens that look like demons. That's why they can't come to Earth. Well, I'm dying and- inside at the idea of the first <laughs> alien that showed up to like Europe as a black person. The, oh, like, I would say I don't make the wrong mistake. I shape shifted into the wrong thing. Didn't nobody tell me. Nah, bro. Yeah. You shifted like, to the wrong place. He's like, I, I went green. after green. There's a reason. There's a reason in Star Trek why they always change their, their appearance to go to alien planets. Right. Throughout that right. entire series, they put pointed ears on to look like Vulcans. They change their appearance to blend in. So that, that kind of, plays off that idea of 
humans are so fundamentally afraid of the other and fearful of difference that even if these things did exist, would they want to come here and mingle with us based on the way we treat each other? According well, to and- the Jesuit ca- the Jesuit Catholic guy, yeah, because there are space brothers. <laughs> Well, this, well, we've kind of gone off the rails talking about the potential of other life, but we haven't looked at what, like, the Catholic Church is fundamentally on board with this. The amount of astronomical devices they have and are pushing the agenda that, you know, we're going to go out into space one day and we are going to spread the word of God to other planets and other people. This well, is fundamentally this, the crux of what they're coming to. This is... This is not a surprise because what does it say in the end days that the church will help lead it to the Antichrist? So this does not surprise me in well, any of the churches. The the previous name of one of the largest telescopes in the Vatican group, yep. a Gregorian telescope, was once known as Lucifer, was renamed as yep. Lucy with an I, and then was later renamed as VAT, V-A-T-T, Vatican Advanced Technology Telescope. Was that the one Mount, Mount Graham? Mount Graham in East Arizona. Yeah. Yep. And what is it? And what, what does it look for? <laughs> it looks for optical and infrared light. So it is looking for the light bringer. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, it, this is all just the days of Noah coming to fruition. Like if you really read and you're in the word and you know what's going on, Everybody should be concerned. <laughs> That's well, all I have yeah. to say. Like, yeah. You should be worried because the I'll... angel might come, but tomorrow to the eggs. But ah. I will say that, I mean, but even they say the cherubim, the original description of the cherubim were so terrifying, but like eyes everywhere and everything. So whatever on that one, I don't think that the church can't get away from it because they're all corrupt. Every church, all of them are in together. I see the way the Pope hooks up with the Mormon church leader and they do their little secret Masonic handshake. And I know because I did them. And so I watch them with the heads of state and all this stuff, all of them know all of them. They're all in it together. It's they talk about one world order coming. The one world orders here. They just aren't in charge yet. Well, I think people have that kind of reductionist view that there's a random Gregorian priest or a Jesuit priest looking through a telescope, looking at random stars. Is that God? Nope. Pivot. Is that God? (laughs) Nope. Pivot. Is that God? Nope. Pivot. (laughs) Like, what are they looking for? What are they looking double for? Double click, double click. No, Enhance. not the one. Back up. <laughs> well, they've got to be looking for something way more nefarious than what they're leading on to. Because at the same time, first they put the telescope on Mount Graham, which according to the Native Americans of that region is like one of the four most holiest sites in the world and an active portal. So I don't know what you would be putting it up there for that. And they had to get around Congress to go up there to actually get the rights. They had to get around the state. They had to get around Congress to get up there on the mountain and, and seek claim to it. Secondly, while they're doing that, they're actually releasing writing and releasing encyclicals that are dealing with, can you get, can you be an alien and have salvation? And I'm like, what, what, what are you doing? Not if you're not, if you're a demon, not if you're a disembodied <laughs> uh, Nephilim. I'm just Sorry. saying. Well, if, if we go really dark, Jason, the, the idea that the the fallen ones were Careful, trapped, Drew. that the fallen ones were trapped within the earth, they, they were also. <laughs> Let's get really ginger on this then. Um, okay, good, good. They, they're oh, also, they're oh, also trapped within the firmament. So if 
there are dark entities trapped within the firmament and the Vatican's actively looking for them. Are they trying to identify certain entities in a means to know where they are so that they can release them through the access, they're under, through they're telescopes, through all sorts of things? They're not That's in the air. Question. I think it's funny. I think it's funny they look above and not below because God's above. They're not above. They're below. If if it's it, uh, my... Again, some things that I've heard in, I won't say where exactly, but there's a lot of activity around Mount Shasta. There's a lot of activity in certain mountains that they, the dumbs, the DUMBs from like military stuff. Like there's been things that I've heard that I'm like, they need to stop looking up and start looking down. If start you want some real concrete answers. into those things, just start rolling trucks up, start filling up that hole. I, <laughs> I don't think it's going <laughs> to stop them. They built those pyramids and they moved all that in like a minute. When it comes time, they're going to pop up and they're going to, they're just getting us all used to it so that we'll think they're aliens and we'll be nice because the, the churches said they're going to be, oh yeah, it's fine. It's totally fine. That's, that's kind of so, how transhumanism's playing into this. If we're changing the way that humans look and represent themselves, does that not in itself lend to the idea we're going to be more accepting and responsive of things that aren't human and don't look like us like if you took someone from the 1800s and then you dropped them into the city like san francisco and they saw people walking around with all sorts of piercings androgynous with purple hair they would think they're looking at a demon they wouldn't think oh for sure walk around humans so we are well and let alone mind to think that we can be more accepted. Let alone beauty standards. Let alone beauty standards. What's the beauty standard? Eyes further apart. Uh, narrow face, but wide cheekbones. What does that look like to you? Like a gray, gray alien. You know, what's the standard of beauty? High cheekbones, tiny chin. Don't judge me because I have some of these, but. <laughs> and big, big eyes. I was like, it's ironic. She's just naming characteristics that she has of I'm herself. Like, I'm, I'm not- sorry. Black hair, no. black blouse. You know, these strange characteristics that it's they would be burgundy. looking for. <laughs> and gingers. And ging- We're already screwed. We have green eyes. We're in trouble. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think the people but, walking around San Francisco is going to be the biggest problem. I was like, they're going to have an no. issue with the crap that's speared around on, on San Francisco. <laughs> that's where they were like, oh, this is clearly hell. There, there's no <laughs> other way to describe this. They're going to be like, what did you do with the city we gave you? What is this exactly. disaster Exactly. There was a Golden Gate Bridge, and now there's crap on it. Uh, uh, this is dystopian. But, but that can, we, is the things and the bigger lips, like think of plastic surgery things that are like more like coming in. Like, really, what do they do? Cheek filler. I mean, Madonna looks like a cat now. Like she's, uh, yeah. she put so much cheek filler that her eyes are shut. So she's got enough silicon like, in her face to kill a small elephant. That woman. Oh my gosh. It's so <laughs> sad. And it's actually sad to me as a woman. Cause I get it. Cause like the social pressure, like all these things is, and I get it, but I'm like, dude, no, because she people named have herself said, Madonna. I know, and people we have sh- you said should, you know, we should have seen it coming. She's related, she related to Obama. You know that, right? And th- I, like I've all of that. them, I haven't yeah. tracked it out, and but I- I've heard it. I'm like, uh, but all these people—it's no coincidence. But if you do look like at the people back in the old and old and olden days, you'll see people with larger ears, with larger noses. Their eyes are more close together. Like people look completely different now. And why? It's concerning. Similar. You know? 
Yeah. Well, the whole thing is, is what, what, what's, what's the point though? So we will be more accepting of and blend. They'll blend, you know, what, what's all this like with, you know, test tube baby. I hate to go there, but like, there's a lot of things that, I mean, you don't know where that egg came from. Let's be real. Like you. No, I'm glad you said it. Cause told, we were talking about, yeah. you know, is there life in other places? I'm like, yo, just the stuff we know about how life gets started here can freak your mind out when you realize oh. what's really happening, not just in, in deep underground military bases or no. domes, but also, you know, what's happening in ritual places, how conception goes forth. The fact that, you know, we do have technology to artificially inseminate. We do have artificial wounds that we can move zygotes into, or the fact that they are now producing, you know, Gattaca kids where you can have designer babies. You're like, mm-hmm. what? what you messing well, and with the, the facts. I just Jason's going to sign up for a ginger yeah. kid. I just know it. A ginger I kid? needed one. I wanted one. Do you one. know what will happen to me in the hood if I show up with a ginger kid? <laughs> Do you know that I will get prompt police response and get oh talked about at the same time? Why do they show up so much? I tell my guy, white baby with oh. They show up me. I got a white baby. <laughs> That's it. I'm doing the, re- I'm well, doing the reverse Angelina Jolie. Exactly. I'm going to see how it works out. There you go. And then the fact that we know, like, that they figured out, like, I don't know if people know this, but with test tube babies, that they kept doing it over and over and over, and they kept putting the egg and sperm together, and nothing would happen, and nothing would happen. And finally, somebody figured out, I don't know how they figured it out, but you have to have a spark of electricity to make that baby. Did you know that? That's mind-blowing. That's yeah, I know real. there's a spark of life that happens in like natural conception, but they have to they artificially recreate the spark of light. That's yes. crazy. And they also have and to who, have the, who the told medium, them that yeah. the medium in which the egg and the sperm are put into is a blood composite. It's a derivative of yep. human blood. Mm-hmm. And who told them all this? You know, this is the stuff Y'all where keep I'm like speeding past this stuff that the Negro community <laughs> is going to have problems with a derivative <laughs> of human blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a petri you, you dish didn't say nothing thing. else. Yeah. What is yeah. that like synthetic no. blood? What is that? No, they take blood and they they oh. filter it through a process to which it's like a medium in which it tries to replicate mm-hmm. the womb and how the fluids there would allow like for, the, a jelly type. Yeah, thing. like yeah. it would allow for the egg and the sperm to feel like it's in its natural habitat. Its <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I want to meet that Don't person. At then you got to shock it. But what if they're exactly. not even your eggs? What if they're not even like they've had since these genetic tests have come out, many people that came to find out they weren't related to their mother or their father. How does that happen? What happened there? Look, I mean, where where did those eggs come from? Worst word for it, <laughs> devil's advocate. There could be very lazy people at the clinic that mixed up the batches. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, I'm not or yeah. there's the nefarious route as well, absolutely. But I'm I'm all about I'm they... back to Ted. I think we're getting the to the point. Ted. It does. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I just went right back to that, and I, yep. now I'm going to have nightmares. I think <laughs> we're getting to the point, though, where it seems like there's definitely a, there's been mm-hmm. a generational priming through beauty standards, through science mm-hmm. fiction, through media, that they're trying to get humanity used to the idea of yes. aliens or non-human entities mm-hmm. living amongst us, and we're going to be cool with it. Yep. Because if you asked the average American 50 years ago, 
barely anyone believed no. in the existence no. of life beyond yeah. Earth. Now it's well over 50%. So mm-hmm. the acceptance level is there. I think what they're trying to get around is the fear level. They want some seven-foot-tall, mm-hmm. grey, bulbous-head-looking thing walking around with no one freaking out. That's what they want to get. Or to. or maybe they started mating them with midgets and they're not seven feet tall anymore because they made Petri dish babies True. <laughs> and put them in people's awesome. wombs. And, I, and I've wondered <laughs> if they had to use the whole... And they have um... green eyes, Drew. <laughs> I've wondered if they have to use the the say the old um, you know extraterrestrials from other planets to mask the fact that if these entities are uh, extra dimensional, then there's enough religious and even spiritual people that are going to be like, wait a minute, if they're coming from another dimension, it comes with a whole other list of problems. You know, are they angels or demons, and how do we know mm-hmm. we can trust them? So I think creating this, w- whether whether or not it's true. But creating the idea that they're all coming from other planets is a much safer option. It's and it palatable. still fits into – yes, yes. Yeah, to, like you said, condition everyone to think that, that it's, it's going to be okay for sure. Here, here's my question. Would people even notice because everyone's so damn self-centered and up in their own lives, would they even notice? Well, Drew, you said a moment ago that, you know, in the 50s, <laughs> they, they, they weren't even having this. And so from the 50s till now – the fact that we have things like television, it's been one of the best cognitive conditioning mechanisms and platforms that the human race has ever come in contact with. And I think it's from that that we have got to the point that we're comfortable with these ideas. And we start talking about, all right, you already are comfortable with the idea of, of an extraterrestrial showing up. Would you be comfortable with an eight-foot-tall thing walking around you? It's Halloween over here. I don't know if you guys celebrate Halloween where you guys are. But it's Halloween season, and I'm walking around, and you keep seeing these statues of, like, eight, nine, ten-foot-tall entities. And yes, you walk yes. past it, and, like, I'm pretty tall. Well, not next to Christopher, but in general, I'm pretty <laughs> tall. Right? But I, I walk up next to these things, and I'm looking up, and I'm like, where on earth would I ever be comfortable looking up at, like, an eight, nine-foot-tall being? And the only time you see them is during one of the most wickedest holy days, which is Halloween. Or on the basketball court. I was going to say, dude, I could recreate the whole idea of the war against Nephilim by standing next to the um, Chicago Bulls quite easily. Yeah. The basketball court. I mean, if we're we're talking just height alone, you know, the NBA, yeah, I mean, you've got tall people, but then there there are other scriptural references where you're dealing with Nephilim that could be, you know, 20, 30 feet tall. I I don't have a framework for that. You know, if I'm right, in a three-story like building and a and a face shows up, I saw that in Transformers and I freaked out. I was like, you, "You're my, not yeah. calming me down from that." You got to watch out but for the guy the, that works at yeah. the Smiths. The guy that works at the Smithsonian. You watch him and you look at his decorations around his house. If he has tall skeletons, you know he just lifted those from work. Exactly. He's taking them home. Right, right. Well, and exactly. here's the question though: If they need an artificial womb, what did they put in there? Like, I think they've bred this out. I think they've bred these really extra tall things with really extra small things. I'm being serious. And and to create a more moderately sized whatever they are, you know. Help me out. I'm not I, a big basketball um, NBA fan, but the Chinese player, the super tall guy, what's his name? Isn't it Yao Ming? Yeah, Yao Ming is so, literally yeah. a result of 
selective breeding within the Chinese Communist Party. That's come out now. He was deliberate, okay. deliberately bred through. How tall is he? Tall. He's huge. Ridiculously tall for a Chinese person. I don't think yeah. he's possible. So he's, he's not, not a pituitary giant. No, he's like a giant. He's not a. Yeah. I said he's not a pituitary giant. He's actually like from selective breeding. Yeah. Yep. Crazy Interesting. Because he he looks a little bit like a pituitary giant. Which, for those that don't know, is an abnormality in the pituitary gland that just keeps producing the growth hormone. And that uh, in but itself, yeah, I didn't know it was. Does the pituitary gland giantism that we see is that a a genetic fault of natural breeding that's occurred through successive generations? And that's the that's the buy off. They get the height, but they have all the health conditions that go along with it because they're not <laughs> supposed to be together. Those genetic traits. No. Yeah, and now that be a giantism, like a like a liger. Yeah, like a liger. He's seven. He's seven foot six. They get a lot of problems um, in general with the pituitary disorders, like huge problems, including they can lactate sometimes and they're not supposed to men. Yeah, it's a whole thing. It's bad. And they slip like their ligaments. All all, they have all kinds of chronic problems. So usually they try to catch that. Do you you have a strong uh, paper towel near you? Uh, I actually do. I, I keep a roll of paper towels with me in the truck, you know, just just that, in case. That's good. Just in case you have accidental lactation. Uh, lactate. You know, lactate. How tall is Christopher? Christopher uh, must like, be I'm, five. I'm, I'm only 6'8". That's all. I'm not <laughs> oh. even seven foot tall. Jeez, now I'm really that concerned about what the land of milk and honey could be because... Oh. <laughs> yes. oh. Well, that's going to fester. <laughs> Wake up at two a.m. Oh, it's gonna be horrible. He, he's not gonna be able to sleep tonight for Definitely sure. Not. not at all. No, it's it's a wrap. I'm gonna have eggs later. We, me- we messed him up. <laughs> at, least, <laughs> at least it's not chocolate milk, Jason. Shut up, Christopher. <laughs> are you st- are you still drinking things. chocolate milk? <laughs> I plead the fifth. Uh, How oh. do you think I stay so melanin rich? I have to drink chocolate milk from time to time. I'm gonna try that. Me and Drew are going to try that. <laughs> this Next time you see it. The term milk chocolate. This is how they do it. This is wild. Yet if Jason this Halloween season starts drinking pumpkin spice, pumpkin spice cappuccinos, oh. he's going to go ginger overnight without fail. Oh, that's, oh Yo, that's that you might be kind of nice, man. This whole beard will change. I have no idea how that might play out. <laughs> If it doesn't work out, you'll just end up looking like Trump. So, girl, Either girls love a ginger. That's funny. Right, right, right. So we, first we've got this ginger. We've got, we've got the idea of this life beyond Earth and how the Catholic Church and elements are trying to push the agenda that it's okay. They're space brothers. This type of a deal. So let's let's hypothesize. Let's speculate the potential future of humanity. Faith in the futuristic world. What does faith look like in the futuristic world? If we look at science fiction as a precursor for the future of mankind and the progression of faith, we are presented with two very different narratives that are being pushed. One of a future ruled by science, logic, and technology, void of faith, spirituality, and God. On the other hand, there is a futuristic landscape in which crusades, preaching of the word, and conflict between alien races and factions and that of humanity exists around the faith. So we're presented with a very clean, sterile future where humanity has reached its potential. It's very idealistic. But then we've got the dark, almost like dark crusades 
middle um, dark ages kind of representation of a, a horrible future. And it always tends to center around religious extremism in some regard. So they're kind of representing an idea of humanity going into the stars without faith or spirituality as being the good thing and humanity holding on to faith and going out into the stars as being a point of conflict and contention. So where do we see humanity in the future? If we do get to that technological stage where we can leave our realm, our planet, what does it look like? Complete and utter chaos. I think you're going to have like the whole matrix people that are like plugged into weirdo stuff to live forever. And then the people that are thrown out of society. That's how I feel that don't want to accept it and go with Jesus. Like we're not going to be able to function in their world because we refuse to comply, which we've already seen how that played out. <laughs> I know I did real hardcore. I'm a nurse that refused to comply. I never gave one and I never took one. And let me tell you wow. what, that was a hard day. That was just lots of time in my life where I did not know what was going to happen to me. And I just didn't care anymore. I was ready for living on the outskirts in my in my trailer, my camp trailer, which I would be ready for again. Like if it comes That's... down to complying with plugging into a matrix to live forever, I'm out. I've seen people die and it can be, I mean, I've been a nurse 24 years and I've seen the end of a lot of lives and there a is something there. I truly believe that in God I did before, but I know for a fact people come to their relatives because they talk to them. And I know for a fact that I felt a spirit leave a body. And it is, it is a, a, an honor to be able to help people at that point in their life when it wasn't their choice, like when it was God's will and everything was like, it's supposed to be it. I wouldn't want to live forever. It's not meant to be that way. This isn't our home. So your idea of the this future isn't, you know, isn't necessarily leaving Earth. It's going into a, a less than physical realm of uploading consciousness into some kind of hard drive. Absolutely. And that's what the AI push is for. And I know people laugh about all of us truthers and the Matrix, but I am sorry. They tell us things through movies. They do. Uh, and then Chris there's going to be those that don't. And we're going to be like the people on the Terminator that are just out there in the abyss trying to figure it out christopher i've got to come to you because i know okay. you're a science fiction fan <laughs> big star wars okay. man, big geek of science fiction in general because i've heard you talk about it so <laughs> often i think your imagination could go quite wild with the potential where humanity could be in the future where do you see humanity and faith how does that fit within the 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 speculation of the future um well, with that setup, I'm, I'm afraid I might leave you a little disappointed. <laughs> oh, Jason, come on. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Uh, Christopher. Go ahead, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, um, like specifically when it comes to, well, first off, if, if we're saying faith, we have to figure out what, what exactly do we mean by faith? You know, what, like, I had a conversation uh, with my wife recently about, something about can Christians be this way or that way? And I was like, well, you, what do we mean by Christian? You know, is it someone that claims they're a Christian, you know, someone that goes to church, um, you know, someone that, that just believes in Jesus, or do we mean Christians as in actual followers of Christ? Cause these are all yes. important distinctions. 
And, uh, you know, if we're talking about faith as in being an actual follower of Christ in the future, um, I mean, I could speculate forever, like you were saying, on possible science fiction scenarios about, you know, other dimensions and, um, uh, you know, like antimatter warfare and things like that. But I think when it comes to being a Christ follower, it's it's kind of interesting that the 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 core structure of that from the beginning hasn't changed. So even in maybe the near future, you know, where they take away our rights and, um, you know, we can't buy and sell and, and all of that, like it, it doesn't necessarily change anything because that's kind of the way that, that Christ followers started. You know, we are um, not just to talk about Jesus, but as his ambassadors, we're supposed to be bringing order to a world that is in chaos. And the further into chaos it goes, uh, it doesn't make it easier, but it draws the lines uh, a lot clearer. Um, so, you know, right now we use the podcast, but if they end up taking away the podcast, then, you know, I can I can communicate with people at work. And there's always going to be broken people that need healing. There's hearts and minds and souls that are in chaos that can benefit from the, the tangible order that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. And um, uh, lifestyle changes that are more ordered based off of um, that concept. So if I if I can't do it at work, then then I can you know communicate with people and I, I can offer order to those that maybe I barter with. If they take that away, then I can talk to to prison guards and and prisoners and and you know ultimately if they end up taking my life, I think there is a uh, um you know what does Paul say to to live is uh, Christ but to die is gain. So that's like the the ultimate um you know reaching the the end goal, essentially. But Operation Red Pill, um, I think we believe this. You have to correct me if I'm wrong, Jason. But uh, we believe that. I that think, Jesus I will think actually... he would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he would. He would. But we believe that Jesus will actually come back and reign <clears throat> for a thousand years. So it's interesting, like, however far out we get with, with time. Uh, time travel because that was the other thing you know we talked about beings from from other worlds and you know even outer space as far as the the standard scientific narrative doesn't function the way that our space-time functions on the planet you know gravity changes acceleration changes and we even you know theorize about black holes that that tear holes in the the fabric of space-time so even within that framework like the the possibility of of expansion and technological advance is is crazy but I think it also blurs the lines, you know, between the celestial realm as, as well. But whatever happens in that plausible or possible future, uh, I think eventually, you know, Christ is going to come back and bring all of that into his um, direct control. And and that's that's kind of an exciting thought. Well, so it's, I, I, he'll, it wasn't, ga- he'll gather. That was, he'll gather that, that was not what I wanted, Christopher, but I'll accept it for what it was. That's okay. <laughs> um, but don't, don't you find it interesting, like we've, we've spoken about how we know that mass <laughs> media and entertainment pushes ideas or um, reveals the method, right? Like what you were talking about, Heidi, about the idea that Christians will kind of be shunned and ostracized and made less than in this type of a future. We see that in the, the series called Altered Carbon, in which humanity finds a way to upload its consciousness into new bodies or slaves as they call them. 
And those that are still followers of Christ call themselves one lifers or God children. And when they die, they die. They refuse to upload their consciousness, Mm -hmm. but people who don't can live forever in multitudes of bodies and can actually transfer their consciousness across the stars to other planets. We see, but do they really, but do they really really live forever? I, I know that as for me, your spirit is as much belonging to God as your body even more so. And so why would you want to delay going home? Like I would never, I wouldn't want to force it. Like it's on God's terms. Not, I'm not talking about suicide (laughs) or anything. I have to be careful there because I work in mental health. So nobody can force it. That's not a good idea. But if it, if your number is up, because this is coming from somebody who's seen a lot of death. And unfortunately we have a funny thing in the community of nursing called the nurse curse. And I've dang near died like three or four times. And I mean, not kidding. Like I almost like pick lines, the whole deal, like super sick. And I've been that close to death and known other than I was worried about my kids and my family and my husband. Like I was okay. Like, it's okay. You know, you got to get to a point where if they come for me with the sword, because you, we all know. <laughs> But what's kind of prophesied there towards the end, and it isn't really pretty for Christians. It's okay. I just hope it's sharp. Well, you're alluding (laughs) to the the idea, are they actually, is that the human being? Or is it an AI approximation of someone's consciousness and their collective memories that's been replicated and copied? We see elements of that in other science fiction, like you see Blade Runner, where humanity doesn't Mm -hmm. actually send humans out into space. It sends replicants or copies of humans out into space. So we're seeing this revelation of the method of copying and recreating God's creation, but tampering with it. So it's not the perfect embodiment it's supposed to be. I think you'll find this one interesting, Heidi, in Starship Troopers. And hold on, because I'll forget. And what's the big fascination with the DNA thing right now to go to your your comment right there? But yes, keep going. Yeah, sorry. This is because of the Mormon connection, right? Starship Troopers (laughs) is a future where... Humanity goes out amongst the stars and we are one of the only intelligent races out there. The only other race they make contact with is an insect race called the Arachnids. And the war (laughs) starts with the Arachnids because Mormon extremists have a colony on their planet. (laughs) It was the guys because the girls never do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We, We aren't worthy. We aren't worthy. Just like in Wayne's world. (laughs) but yeah no i i think that i think that at the time whenever any of this really goes down we're all like we all found each other here like i i found you through someone else through someone else now i've met them through you like it's gonna it's gonna happen for the believers but god will know and he will say and it's not about church you better have your heart right because I know, I know people really get into church and if you want to go to church, that's great. Church is good to celebrate with others and to, you know, praise God and all the things, but two or more in his name is church. And what did he say to the Pharisees? I knew you not. And they were there all the time. We better all make sure our hearts, right? Because we'll find each other and he'll find us. That's how I feel. Well, even these gatherings here would be considered a church. It doesn't have to be a physical Mm -hmm. building. Jason, we didn't give you an opportunity. What do you say? I'm I'm actually interested in this. Very interested in Jason. This <laughs> <Go for laughs> has been very entertaining. <laughs> uh, 
Um, it's a complex question, Drew. Uh, first, I mean, I think we have to define, you know, what do we mean by faith to determine what does faith look like, you know, in the future futuristic world. I think it's interesting that faith is not just a human concept. You know, Jesus had faith. God has faith. You know, the father has, has faith in and of himself and in, in his capability. Uh, Jesus has faith in the father's character. And this stuff exists outside of the limitations of time, which means faith is a concept is present in the past, present and in the future. Um, as far as what we faith with, as far as how we conduct ourselves, I think one of the things that we have to think about is do we separate our belief from who we are? You know, our actions are, are they separate? You know, am I taking my faith somewhere or am I an embodiment and expression uh, is my faith an embodiment expression of who I am? And I think when it moves to the latter, where it becomes an embodiment expression of who you are, you don't even have to take your faith places or, or in, in that sense, you literally are going and you're bringing that with you, kind of like what Christopher was talking about a moment ago. And I think that's so crucial for the future because we seem to like almost sit within two parallel realities. One scripture tells us it is going to get worse, right? But there also seems to be hope that as it's getting worse, there are answers to deal with some of the problems that are that are going to occur. You don't have to lose hope. And I think that's so critical. One of the biggest reasons for us to have faith is to be able to always give an answer of the hope that lies within this. And it has to be centered on Jesus Christ, who is timeless. So we're able to deal with humanity no matter where things go. However, where I see humanity going is, and I think scripture is really clear about this. It's going to be a total as much as possible. The kingdom of darkness is going to try and displace Jesus Christ and attack God and try to, to reinstitute the, the uh, pre-Diluvian world, the original world order that not the original, but the one that they set up the original counter world order that they set up that had to be judged with the flood. The old going to world to order, to if you will. If they're the making what? a new the one, it was, day, would it be the, the old Noah. world order? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, this is exactly what Jesus talked about. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. Um, the angels came down with Jared and actually in the days of Jared and started the co-mingling with women. But by the time they got to Noah, it was complete genetic chaos, which is why scripture actually highlights the fact that Noah was perfect in his generations, not morally, but genetically. He had not been tampered with. It's the whole reason why God actually says, I'll bring the animals to you, the clean ones, not ceremonial clean, but the ones who also had not been tampered with, with the Nephilim agenda. I think what we see now is a reinstitution of the Nephilim agenda, which is designed to take over humanity. It's, it's, uh, who was this Laura Sanger? I think coined that term. She talked about how that's part and parcel, parcel synonymous with the, the globalist agenda. And so we see the constant takeover of all sorts of industries. We see the, the blending of everything into a one world order. And then on top of that, we see governments that have already been in league with spiritual entities, such as the United States, you know, we know with Eisenhower that he made agreements with, you know, demonic entities with, you know, we'll 
demonic or alien or, or however, not the good guys. And we see what the result of that of that has been. You have other governments that were ultimately founded based on Nephilim kings and bloodline rights. All of that stuff coming together to produce a world that is terraformed to accept a replacement Messiah. That part is extremely troubling. In the meantime, though, it, and we, we talked about what do we do when they start shutting things down and we lose our rights. I think this is where some of the hope can come in because as uh, who's this? I think it was Dan Duvall that was talking about this. Heaven's economy and government is not limited to earth's economy and government. And so what I mean by that is as the affairs of man go, especially with, with governments that are in league with satanic entities, as they go a certain direction, and as they shut things down, as they make things more difficult for us to access and they make life harder, we're so trained that to accept the system they've set up that an alternative system doesn't even seem plausible. But there does exist an alternative system that's not reliant on the globalist banker boys. It's not reliant on the the internal structure of, you know, the World Economic Forum or any of these other things that are that are occurring. It exists in and of itself and is able to supersede what happens here on the planet. That's the economy of the kingdom that Christians serve. If we tap into that, there exist opportunities for us to mitigate some of the, the stressors that happen in it. And I got to be careful with this because there is a, a particular idea that certain factions, if you will, of Christians of Christianity believes in this notion that all I have to do is hold out and then God will snatch me and I won't have to deal with anything bad. Right. And that doesn't seem to be a biblical idea. I'm not saying that I I don't personally believe in, in rapture. I do, but I think one of the criticism has been that if you believe in that, then you can escape tribulation and you can't. Jesus actually said there's going to be rough days and that has a purpose. It has several for us. It helps to, to reprove us. It helps to make sure that we stay humble. It helps to give us empathy for people that have other, other problems. It acts as a testimony for the angels. I mean, there's a litany of other reasons for why we might have to go through negative things. That being said, we're not supposed to deal with the great tribulation where things get the worst, right? That's not what the body of Christ and believers are supposed to go through. However, leading up to that, as things get worse, I think that where I see humanity going and the hope for it is that there is a solution that can help to deal with that, but it requires the church stepping up and the church not being just organized religion. It requires the community of believers stepping up and to be that place of alternative refuge. And I think that that's exactly what God intended the church to be from the get go. You know, you see this outside with, with Rome as an oppressor. The church was actually able to not just exist, but thrive and be a open alternative source for people who wanted to come there for community, you know, for health, for strength, all, all the stuff that you need to have a healthy environment. It existed for that. I think as long as the church is on this planet, we have hope because the church represents the body of Christ, which represents Jesus himself, or at least it should. And as long as they're doing their job properly, there exists an opportunity for people to have refuge until Jesus comes back and sets everything right. 
But in between the now and then, I see a lot of trouble happening. And I think we really have about to be you, prepared to, to address that. Um, I, I'm, I'm probably, like Christopher, I have this background in being a big geek and loving science fiction and all those things that go with it, <laughs> and a massive conspiracy theorist prior to it. Like, I was a guy before Finding Christ, wholeheartedly believe aliens were out there and they, were, they had the potential to save us, whatnot. But it, I, I come back to this point of Matthew 24, 24. For there shall arise false Christs and a false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that it, if it were possible, they shall they shall de- re- deceive the very elect. Personally, I think this is going to go down the, the route of a great deception. That there's so much cultural priming right now. I think that there's going to be a setup of a false alien invasion or some kind of alien contact with entities that don't mean us. Uh, don't have good intentions for us and out of that we'll either see a leader from earth air quotes arise and become a leader of man and push back and save us or there'll be a further outside intervention in which we'll see an illuminated being another alien who probably looks very beautiful is very powerful comes and save us saves us i think that would then usher in a time of prosperity a new enlightenment age in which we'll be presented with fantastical things we've seen in science fiction med beds all cures extending human life but what we have to give away for these conveniences is ultimately what's going to kill us or take away our salvation and that that there will be a reign which the average person who doesn't have a faith or belief or spirituality will see as being a fantastic time for humanity but i think that's going to be a part of the deception and what falls out of that is is the hard times that that jason alludes to i think the hard times are going to be represented through convenience and and wonderful advances in technology but what it's actually taking away from us is our humanity and our divine spark and it's going to be played off as this great thing where in reality it's going to be the deception the fall of mankind mm-hmm. yep I like think there's like to serve man to yes. serve man from the yeah. light zone yeah, that type yeah. of thing. Um, I think there's just too much. Like, there's that revelation <laughs> of the method. There's outlying what what they want us to know, or they don't care that we know it. It's represented in so much science fiction now. Sure, it could just be creative writing and imagination, but there's too many themes that are kind of coalescing into this one point where I think that's going to be it. There's going to be this reign of, you know, we know that Lucifer is the deceiver and the one that wants to be wants to be the big guy, the people that humanity fall for and love. Well, the best way for people to love you is to be the person that gives them gifts and gives them things that make them feel as if they're powerful and they're a part of something bigger. Where right. I think that's the great deception. And if it's done through the lens of aliens, air quote, it kind of helps push that human, the humanitarian fear of the other, the fear of the outside. And it gives this this whole world that's divided by race and ideology, something to focus and center around. Like if we had an outside threat, we'd be united instantly as a human species. And if that you know outside, what Reagan said? yeah, exactly. And if that outside threat was defeated by a new savior, someone who came up from humanity or came from the outside to protect us from this outside threat, that savior would instantly be deified by humanity, whether as a God or just as a savior and a leader for the future. That's interesting. You know, it, 
That's crazy. So sorry, it just my brain just exploded with with this idea because it's interesting that Jason, you know, you mentioned the the Nephilim agenda from Laura Sanger, and then we have you know the the Genesis six, which is the two hundred Watcher class angels, you know, that came down. And what if all of that is is like you're saying, Drew? It's this ploy that Satan has this like his minions doing this thing, you know, against humanity, so that then he can come on the back end of that. And, de- and destroy everything they're doing, and then he looks like he's the, the good guy. Because up until mm-hmm. this point, for a lot of it, he, it seems like he's sending you know his his soldiers out to do his work instead of having his hands on it specifically himself. That that would be I, – I, I think it would be an effective tactic. It would be a – I think they're ready. With the, they're... I think that's what you'll see yeah. with the Antichrist, though. You know, if, yeah. the, if yeah. the Antichrist is going to be able to offer solutions to complex problems, complex problems i don't think that it, these these are solutions that haven't been you know weighed out especially if you're following the hegelian dialect model model mm-hmm. you know you're offering you created a problem so that you could bring a solution and now all of a sudden wow this mm-hmm. thing really works you must really be god thank you thank you yes bow before <laughs> and i think it's already i think i think they're just laying in wait for the perfect time and this has all been priming well, i think spe- they're underground and waiting it- Especially if we take into account this whole idea of cloning and genetic manipulation. Mm-hmm. What's to say that certain created beings aren't going to be rolled out amongst physical technology that we don't know about, mm-hmm. put in place as, a, as an enemy force, and then you have this illuminated godlike being descend from the heavens and decimate it with these un, unimaginable powers. That's going to the world. Mm-hmm. That would look like God returning or a some kind of a prophet mm-hmm. of God or an angel and that was that would be a great deception. The most elect would fall for. The most spiritual yeah. people could quite easily be deceived by something like that. The old saying is seeing is believing. If you don't have discernment and you think what you're looking at is legitimate and the real deal, you can be deceived. Look at Mormonism. Mm-hmm. Mormonism, um, they thought I they was were fully deceived. With, they, they, they thought they were yeah. communicating with an angel. Like, how do we know that was an angel? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was an angel, but I don't think it was a good but one. Not a good think, time. Yeah, no, no. The same as John D, because like I said, there's too many, there's too many references that are similar. And, and when, so here's my question, when it comes to that, how do we not all be deceived other than hopefully our discernment and being in the word? That's what's scary. I think. Well, I yeah, know. that's exactly right. Like you the don't Bible know tells us that- if, if it, sorry, Chris, if it happens, how would we know? And I think that if people within our realm do have a little bit of a backing conspiracy and questioning the narrative, we've seen this message repeated in media and entertainment so often. Mm-hmm. We've seen it. We know, we can almost know the playbook before it happens. Like we look at what happens in ge- geopolitics when a terrorist attack happens now or some kind of a, a war breaks out. I stop and I look at it from a bird's eye view. I try not to look at it from any political angle. I look mm-hmm. at it and try to yep. get the objective truth from it. I think if something happens spiritually, we have to step back and look at it in a broader spectrum than just what we see with our own eyes. Yeah. Right. Then and the Bible also tells us that we have the more sure word of prophecy. So I think if we, if we don't know what is already, um, you know what God has already warned us is coming, then you know that that's going to be another way that that, that we can be deceived. 
because like even sure. the um, uh, the Jews, Jesus uh, rebuked the Jews for not knowing when he was going to show up because Gabriel told Daniel the exact number of days, you know, from the decree to rebuild the temple that the Messiah will show up. And they're like, what are you doing here? Should your disciples really be <laughs> praising the Messiah? Like, yeah, I told you I was coming. So I think that that'll be a huge benefit to us as well. You know, what, what are you laughing I told about? I was coming. When? <laughs> what did you tell us? What was your busy right making eggs? In Daniel. Yeah, and what I was going to say when he was making eggs. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I told you I was coming. Oh, that's yeah, funny. Right down. Oh, that's great. That's great. <laughs> that's hilarious. But I think, like, the, the word of God, uh, he's he's given us the methods in which we can ideally not be deceived because if we're knowledgeable and we understand the word, hopefully we have the ability to see, see through this. But I think it's going to be, especially in this modern world and how humanity is so connected to technology and the fantastical side of technology and where it could go, I think it's very easy to fall for a deception, especially if if a, a cure-all is presented. Imagine just a, ask, alone. ask right. me how easy. Yeah, cure, ask me cure, how easy. A cure for <laughs> cancer. A cure for cancer. That alone. So yeah. many people have have had the heartache of cancer in their families and know that pain of losing a loved one. If a cure for yeah. that alone is presented, that could be enough to just deceive the. I'm entire not trusted it. Nah, right. I wouldn't either. Nah. If they pop up with a Since cure, it, I'm like, mm. I've had That's cancer bad. and I wouldn't take something for cancer. Like if they, they came up with some new thing, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. No. But, but <laughs> I'll before take it goes too way. far, since it came up again, Jason, we have a nurse who did not receive the <laughs> shot and did not give the shot. Do you, can we get an applause, please? Can we make that happen? Because that's no small feat. Ah, uh, thank you, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Love it. I, I love it. I almost lost my job and I was like, it's okay. <laughs> it's, it'll be okay. <laughs> but I think that's what people have to do in the future, I, I, especially for, for Christians. I think we have to be that willing to make certain sacrifices. Like I was talking to Christopher about this. I have trouble right now dealing with what I'm learning about technology and stepping away from technology. Like it, It's difficult because I like it. But the more I learn about it, I'm like, you're going to have to decide how far you really want to go with this technology thing. And more so, because I'm like, maybe a little bit further, the way that that statement's phrased. I'm okay with a little (laughs) bit further. So it'll get revised instead of determining how far you want to go with technology. You need to start determining when are you going to start cutting technology Mm -hmm. out, given what it's designed to do. And I think with the larger things, we, we have to be willing to get to a place where, you know, even if it costs a job, if it costs, you know, the things that make life comfortable, are we willing to stand 10 toes down? Where do we draw lines? You know, Christopher was, was talking to me the other day about this practice that I believe the Roman emperors instituted on conquered lands where they had to toss, what was it, sand, Christopher? Yeah, sand or, or, or sawdust, I think it was into a fire to signify allegiance. Now that seems pretty small, right? It seems like a pretty trite thing yet. It had profound significance. I know a lot of people like I might be on that list. It's just saying 
Like I could kick a little dust into the fire and technically like I didn't bow the knee. I just put a little dust in the fire. We're okay. No harm, no foul. These, these real Christians went to death off of, I'm not putting anything in the fire. And when you realize that those are the people that go before you, it, it's got to sober us up on the idea of like, I mean, you willing to lose a job. You willing to throw Alexa away. You willing to shut up, Alexa. You willing to. She never works you know, anywhere. I know, right? <laughs> you know, are you, are, are you willing to to disabuse yourself of the idea of convenience for the sake of conviction? Or do you want to play the game? Because I think that is a huge avenue by which the, not just the elite, but the satanically committed are utilizing our love of convenience to gain access and entry to our lives. You know, uh, Heidi, you were mm -hmm. talking about earlier having to give permission. I think that's one of the ways that we grant it. Mm -hmm. And if we're not willing to come out of it, I think we set ourselves up, not just for a great deception, but an easy deception. Mm -hmm. Well, Jason, we have to stand strong. Like I, I have to tell you guys, like my, my husband too, he didn't do it either. And his job, I mean, we count on it for our home and he was willing to do it. And I said, no way. Cause he's like, well, I'm fit. I'm, I'm healthy. I'm like, that's the people not doing well, you know, like no way. <laughs> and right. I was like, everything I studied, everything, nothing made sense. That was my whole, I was a totally normal person, normie before 2020. And it, it woke me up. And when it woke me up, everything changed, everything changed. And we have six kids. And I was like, we will live with six kids in that little tiny trailer before that happens. And he knew I was dead serious at that point. Like he was like, she has lost it. But I was like, no, <laughs> it's, I'm not doing that. You know, there's some things and we tried to tell every man, try and be a nurse and be telling people like, don't do it. It was, it was not a fun time, but we still tried because the same thing in the end, we're still going to have to try even even some people won't listen. And a lot of people didn't most, nobody did. <laughs> nobody mm -hmm. listened. Um, right. And, but we try, you know, and because what you were saying about, you know, how do you get your flock and, and grow and be at work and help people and all that stuff, Christopher, you were talking about that. Like, if I'm not willing to do that, then I mean, what good am I? I'll do it at work too. Like we are screened at a mental health place. Like they want cameras everywhere except the bathroom and stuff because they want to make sure everybody's safe. <clears throat> and if somebody wants to pray with me, I do it. And I know they watch me on camera <laughs> and <laughs> I've great. stopped whatever I'm doing and I'll do it. Or if I'm convicted and I'll ask, of course, you know, everything. And they're like, you're not supposed to share your your stories. You're not supposed to share your life. You're not supposed to pray with them. I'm like, then what good am I doing here? What do you want mm -hmm. me to do? Just chart that they're alive? No, there's right. got to be more. You know, right. mm -hmm. we're supposed to I, help each other. <clears throat> Jason, can I blow your mind a little bit with that? Then the story of Romans throwing sand into the fire or sort of. Uh -oh. <laughs> if it's sand, sand is a silicon compound when added with fire. <laughs> And silicon is supposedly one of the forms of life in the universe that's aliens. So oh. is throwing sand into what? the fire representative of illuminating silicon life? 
<laughs> I didn't know wow, that. Wow, that's crazy. What? Where have you been the whole episode? So Madonna is super, she's got like all of the sand in she's her. She's all the silicon life. That that was silicon 1.0. We're, we're trying to upgrade here. We, we're, we're on the 2.0. It's for here. real. So we got Nicki Minaj behind for 2.0. Uh-huh. So where do I see that's humanity at, at silicon 3.0? It's going places. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad you said that, Jason, because I did have a little, you know, as we were talking about the Nicki Minaj. The, yeah, that's what I was worried about. <laughs> I've been thinking about that the whole episode. No. He's been thinking about Nicki Minaj. Just kidding. About, I'm sorry. You know, I'm the worst. Nicki Minaj <laughs> thinking about her whole episode, paper towel in the in the cab. You know. <laughs> <laughs> But no, like the, you know, we use the cure for cancer and whatever is a, you know, kind of a something that we could wrap our minds around now. But like a oh, a, a more fanciful idea in the future of of needing to draw those lines, uh, taken from Drew's alien example. You know, if there are alien, there is an alien invasion, right? And we w- have to watch family members get slaughtered by this group of aliens. And then the, the, the ones clothed in light or whatever show up and they're, you know, the, the makeshift savior. And, you know, you have the option between being left in a house that's being ravaged by alien forces or go with these people <laughs> that you know are not, you know, really on the up and up. Like, that's a hard choice to make. Oh, Even for me that knows, I'm like, I don't know, I could take a ride in a spaceship for a minute, you know, to get out of this spot. Like, it's it's whatever it is. Even if we know, I think it's going to be very difficult. Well, and they're going to know. Wild, our... Christopher, it makes the whole um, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego thing so much more fascinating. Like, are yeah. you willing to the whole go into the furnace? Uh, my my knees hurt as it is. So I might be <laughs> able to creep down and get a bow out. I mean, I wasn't really submitting, Lord. It's this weak knee. You know, but they well, decided to go straight into the furnace. And right. it was okay, like if our God doesn't deliver us, we're still cool. We're still we're still worshiping him. We're still gonna serve him. I'm like, that's a right. whole degree of magnitude higher, way higher than what the standard Christian in the West is, is really committed to. You and know, I'm I could over here cracking do jokes any on of sand, it. and they're going yeah. straight I, to burning. I could go to burning whatever for me but what they're gonna do is do it they're gonna like they're gonna take mother's children they're gonna they're gonna play on things that are gonna be like that's where it gets me like self self like giving up myself is not a big deal but watching people I love like my parents or my husband or my children like even my dog like bro like (laughs) I love my dog like that kind of stuff, I'm like, oh, you know, don't touch my dog. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's what they're going to do. They're going to, that. I feel like that's same. It's the same thing that happened with everything else with the well, whole 2020. Um, like, well, what Christopher they come for? Your grandma, self- your grandma, you well, know. <laughs> what Christopher alluded to with the self-preservation, that's one of the greatest instincts humans have is to protect yourself and make sure that you live. So if you are presented with a war of the world scenario and people getting turned into dust in front of your eyes, and then there's this angelic gold godlike being standing there with a ship and a ramp saying, come on up, we'll save you. What's your mm-hmm. natural instinct going to do? A lot of people are going to go, yeah, I don't want to be turned to dust. I'll go straight up that ramp. 
Exactly. Well, and I, I would be will, like, will prohibit you from doing yeah. that. I would like the ramp yeah. and maybe not do it for myself. But if they were like, we're going to turn your kids to dust, that's where I would be like, all right. In the words of Bernie Jason, Mac. We got to be strong. Jason, yeah. Jason did you say my Negro senses? You're exactly right, Christopher. That's exactly what I said. He said that. Yes. I am going to need a lot more chocolate milk. <laughs> you are on the us. ride. And I'm going like, where did these spaceships come from? And since when did y'all freely I'm take black folks? There is no way I'm going up there first off. Yeah. No, you never get in you got, somebody's you car you don't know. Yeah. Exactly. That's like the cosmic candy. Where's your freedom? <laughs> Would you come on, just take a ride with us? It's okay. No, but they've got space puppies. Don't worry about too. the baskets. Yeah, don't space worry about puppies. the net. Oh, hex no. Uh-uh. I ain't I ain't going. Brit- Brings a whole new meaning to magic carpet ride, doesn't it? Oh, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, magic with a K. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to show up to the invasion <laughs> eating eggs, though. I, I think <laughs> they're out, they out here invading. This is wild. Oh, so now, Heidi, I don't know about you because I th- on this entire panel, I am the only person who is vaccinated from the whole issues with the past three years. I think the benefit right. of what's happened is it's woken a lot of people up two future things that may be coming and may be pushed. Like I only just found Christ within the past, say 18 months. And even just looking at Romans 12, one to two, if I had read that back then and had any kind of an inkling of what that meant, I would have made a completely different choice. I look at it now and I go, hindsight is a bitch because there's so much (laughs) in scripture, which makes a lot of sense now and connects a lot of dots for me. But in saying that, I think what the choice I made did happen for a reason. Yeah. It did happen yeah. for a reason. Yep. Everything we are here to do is gather the information. Like you learned, I I changed a lot of things. Like I was a Christian before, but I wasn't like I am now. And everything changed. Like everything changed for me. Even though I was out of the Mormon church, I believed in God. I did the things, whatever. It it what I don't think I had a true like conviction of like no. I'm not doing that because this, you know, and, and it changed everything. And I think a lot of people did like with what yeah. happened with you, like you're probably a whole new person in Christ, literally, you know what I'm saying? And I am too. And I will do that. I don't care where I am now. Like, and, and I've done it. And this one kid, Oh, I'm going to have him on my show soon, but he works with me and he's a tech. And so he's from Haiti and they do a lot of voodoo stuff and all this. He never talks. He's very quiet. But this one night I felt like I should just talk to him about this. And it was about God. And I'm like, great, go. Yeah. Go talk to him about that. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And so I'm like arguing with myself like 20 minutes. And I went over to him and I just started talking to him a little bit about God. And he, and he said to me, you know what? I'm a new Christian. I'm not baptized yet. And God sent you to me tonight. And I, after that, I'm like, I will go to any length to help anyone now. And I was like, we're going to do the sinner's prayer right here. And he's like, they're going to think we're making out. <laughs> we gotta hold hands. And I'm like, I don't care. Heidi, you know, I was like, how I know. do you do the sinner's prayer? We did. did what, 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 prayer. what form of this prayer makes you look like you're making out? I think we have to no, revise your we're tactics. Holding, 
because we're holding hands. We're in a broom closet not... at the time. Yeah. Well, we can't go in. A... We have to be like out in front of everyone. We can't go to the lunchroom and we are holding hands. He was so like, I don't know if we should do like, I'm like, it's fine. If they talk to someone, I'm in charge. I'll take, I'll take it. It's fine. You know? And he was so like worried Epstein. about that. Like, yeah, you can't trust I don't know. That. He is really young. <laughs> See, but, saying, I, I don't know if we can trust that. I'm in charge. Do what I say. He Heidi, was so happy. He was so happy. Yeah, I've, and it I've really helped him. Though. I've got a funny for, story for you then as well. It, in regards to the whole the vaccine thing, I, I spoke to a very fundamentalist Christian who was very anti-vax. And he's very unapologetic in stating that you took the vax, you've now got nephilim DNA, and you can't be safe. My like, brother, I've got red hair and green eyes. I've already oh, you're like, I'm already screwed. You, you can't <laughs> add more salt to the salt water and expect it to change. It's still salt water. You're like, it's fine. Exactly. It's the Dead Sea now. It's the Dead Sea. <laughs> no, and I mean, I just feel like. My whole situation wasn't even about Christianity. Mine was about the studies. I got really into the last American vagabond. Do you know, do you know who that is? Yeah. Like Ryan Christian? He's so good. And so I was listening to all of his information and then he tags all his studies at the end for a nurse. That's so good. So I would go to all these studies and I would go to school all the doctors at work. And there was a few that there we lost doctors. Like, of course they say, oh, it wasn't related, but he was pretty young, you know, and I mean, I'm just grateful for the people that made it through that did, did take it and didn't die like on my family, you know, and cause they all did too. They thought we were plum lost our minds and they still probably do like, it's fine. <laughs> See, that's one of the things that I found coming out of this whole experience that was really alarming was the degree to which people, even within family units could double down on an idea and it split the family. Like, yep. I'm like, you, you, you're not even going to research it at all? Nope. Nope. The news said this is what you're supposed it. to do. And this is yep. what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. And I mean, people that were straightforward. Like, I understand uh, people that were put in, in positions where your your employment's leveraged, your, right. your, you know, your livelihood is leveraged. I get that. But I'm talking about people that just straight out hook line and sinker bought the narrative i'm not a doctor jason why would i research it then at the same token they're researching every specific about the car they want to buy yeah i'm saying or reading amazon reviews on dogs about your football team you know if you know more statistics about your football team than you do about something like that that's that controversial and you don't want to go do research it was hard for me not to take the attitude of well we've got to make some space in here yeah, I, I, I guess well, I, I, it was really hard. Like, yeah, right. And I, I mean, I found myself mentally going into that place of, "Hey, you make your own decision. Like, if it, if, yep. if you got to go, you got to go." Like I, I've already told you once, <laughs> yeah. and I've told you You're twice. Like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, right. Like my it, compassion it, level is the Lord's still working <laughs> with me. I was like, cause I, a couple people. I was like, "Hey, guy, if you want to take them, I'm cool. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, it's I'm okay. Just saying, I'll be okay. It's all you, Lord. If you want to do a miracle, I'm just saying." <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm here, right? We had like, a really like, big division. Have... Yeah, like, yeah. I got friends that like had their their parents told them like it was his family. You, you can't yeah. you can't come over. You know you can't bring mm -hmm. your kids. Oh, we don't want to see them until you you give. I was yep. like, yo, that happened. Really to us. are that mm -hmm. serious about it? Yep. 
And guess what? They didn't let us come over and they all got COVID. Right. And so now I'm sitting there thinking, (laughs) my takeaway from all of that was, and this is the harder one that I don't see a lot of people do. And it's really hard because you have to be humble enough to really admit. Like I had moments where I was like, I I wonder if maybe sticking to my guns and and trying to resist this is the wrong play. I don't really want to fight the the powers that be on this. It is a lot easier for me to comply. Right. I, I, I get that. But then I, I had to take away, I had to take a step back and look at myself and go, you do realize that there's a component of your mentality that was willing to compromise because of pressure. And I'm and, like, yeah. and it was so, it was so heavy. It was like, it was, but like, if this was, was a test run, you know, if this was a test run, it's Which not just a test run. Was. Uh-huh. For the yep. elites to try to see mm-hmm. what they can get away with. It's also a test run for us to see how far are you willing to comply? Were you willing to do the six feet? Were you willing to take mm-hmm. this? Were you willing to put the mask on? Like I, I did that. I have no problem with the six feet because I don't want people around me. No way. The mask, I'll, I put it on when I wanted something. And when I did, <laughs> you know, I take it off. I don't care. I play that yeah. game. But it spoke to me about my mentality. Like to what degree mm-hmm. do you put your feet down. Meanwhile, I got a co-host best friend that says no to the entire <laughs> system. Like the entire system. If, if they told him, hold, breathe, he's holding his breath. Nope, this is it. I'm done. I'm out today. Way to be. And I'm not even speaking those words. I'm writing them down. You will get no breath out of me whatsoever. Well, it kind of brings right. to mind if it was when... this, this whole event of uh, a test run, like a lot of us tend to believe, if this was a test run of a, a deception of you're going to kill grandma if you breathe on her, essentially families turned on each other, friends turned on each other, partners turned on each other out of all this, mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. going to happen when the deception comes from a metaphysical realm exactly. in the in the guise and of... It's big, and, and it's big. Yeah. And a football-sized field ship is above a major city, mm-hmm. incinerating things on live television. That's a, that's a much scarier concept than just an invisible thing getting in your lungs and doing things to you. Like a majority right. of people the last one. Right. And they're like, take this, take this shot or not just a shot, you know, put this on your hand, put this on your forehead. You'll be all right. Are you signing up or do you have the backbone to be like, no, this was a huge mm-hmm. test run for me to realize, do I have backbone or not? And I didn't like, but the I bet it I implanted had. it. But I bet it it made you realize, like, for both of you, it sounds like you were already fully decided. But for both of you, it made you realize for the next time where exactly you would stand. Well, that's what it's like, for me. For me, it's, bet it's, you won't yep, be fooled yeah, again, I, I, I'm not, in not, the words right. of old Bush. Um, yeah, yeah, a fool can't be fooled again. <laughs> yep, right. exactly. <laughs> well, I've even, I've, even said, <laughs> I've even said that before I was polite, like, I, I kind of, you know, if, if some... I didn't push back a lot in public or whatever, but right. if if they bring it back again, like they've threatened, I'm not going to be so nice about it this time around. I'm I'm just not. It literally makes me exacerbated. <laughs> like it's like exacerbation of my asthma. Literally, I can't. Yeah. Like well, and for me, I next just... time I've got a sword and shield on my side. Last time I didn't I'm have serious. that. Yeah, that makes a big difference true. too. It's true. That, that really yeah. is. Yep, I agree. Like I, 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 I couldn't have gone through agree. what I went through without without faith and then without my friendship with Christopher. 
because being in the hospital, being That's in ICU awesome. after contracting, you know, COVID was was crazy and being isolated, and then having to you were, defend you were? all those positions. Yeah, I was you in ICU in, for, oh for over two weeks. Oh wow! So that is a long time to deal with doctors and nurses, and everybody wants to know. So, did you get it? Do you have it? Why not? I'm like, dude, I can barely breathe. You want me to give you a dissertation on why I don't trust this right. whole industry? Right. That you're trying well, to kill me. And with it the it hit different communities and races differently. And I watched it. I mm -hmm. watched it from the sidelines because I had multiple people that had family members and we have a big Latin community in Utah and a lot of them died. And I was like, there is something in this that is not, this is not normal. This is not normal for people of any shade darker than white and delightsome as old Joseph Smith would say it hit them hard. And mm -hmm. I was shocked. I was just, and, and I think it really, it was really eye opening for me because I, I didn't really think that the government could be that nefarious. Like, and now I do. Well, this is interesting, Heidi, because like, like I've said, I've had two of these things, but mm -hmm. theoretically to their own science, they've worn off after three weeks anyway. Right. I have not caught COVID. I have been <laughs> my partner who's had it. I've been around students who have had it. Every single person I know. You're a ginger. Who, that's what I was about to say. Everyone I know who is vaccinated or unvaccinated as a ginger has not caught this thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. My husband Anecdotally, did get it. Anecdotally, that's he's very a weird. Oh, <laughs> he is a ginger and he did get it. I'm sorry. Ruined my that's an outlier. <laughs> and my ex-husband that, is a ginger and he also got it. <laughs> they're American gingers. They're very different. I'm not looking at that data yeah. set. That is, Americans. That, is, that is fake science. <laughs> That's funny. But but I will say this, it makes you wonder what exactly like knowing the background of the Gates family, knowing the background of like his wife when she came out and was talking about the black community getting it first and the way she said it and how creepy she was, I was like nobody's taking that. I don't know one person that's going to go sign up for that after you came out and said that that is weird. <laughs> Tuskegee. Since, no, after the Tuskegee yeah, experiments, well, Tuskegee. Like, we, we exactly. three or four exactly. times shy. My stepdad, my stepdad is a native American and he took it. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, like bro, what part the of, of this government the blankets did you not say, remember? Did they bring right. it out on a blanket? Was it displayed right? on a blanket and then they I, gave it to him? <laughs> I was shocked. And he's like a sus person. Like he susses everybody. He doesn't trust anyone. And I'm like, you're trusting the government. When, when has the government ever cared enough about anybody's help ever? Like, why do we still have GMO foods on our shelves when other countries don't? Please explain to me yes. why they care about this. And that no. was part of it where I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Because like, freedom, America, because stars and stripes. Yeah, That's yes. right. Yes. We could do all of this it's, America, and the FDA does yeah. not lie. They are a trustworthy group of people. Yeah. Because as long I as you have my food and my drugs, the come Fauci, from. Ouchie. Yeah, yeah, as long he, as you he have knows an, everything. As long as you have an ad on primetime television for GMO mm -hmm. corn that has F-35s <laughs> flying to rock you like a hurricane with the American flag, <sighs> screaming freedom, you know people exactly. gonna buy. <laughs> exactly, it's so wild to me, and I'm like, I love America, and I love that whole oh, idea, hold on, but hold on also, a second, hold on, I'm, I'm visualizing corn, F-35, riding me like a hurricane. Corn. Yes, like that was like the perfect commercial. Rock like, I'm you about like to a pitch hurricane. This. Yes, rock you. Yes, yeah. I'm and going to pitch that. For... And the corn would have to be wearing aviators as well. 
as yeah, the pilot. Yeah, I like yeah. that. It has <laughs> to be dressed like Tom Cruise, like with the exactly. We should have done this for Maverick when it came for out. Sure. This, this would have been an for epic sure. commercial. And then it goes, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Yep. Let's all and get go to some pop, popcorn. Some, some corn from <laughs> the popcorn that was pop. Yeah. From that bad corn. <laughs> no, I just feel like America is different. Like, I live by a base. Like, really, I'm in the flight pattern. And I used to think, yay, freedom. And now I'm like, what are they spraying on me? <laughs> mm. Like, it's so different. I'm so different now. And I'm like, I love, I love the people that have served. My whole family served. But like when my son came to me after we got really, after 2020, I mean, things changed at home too. And he said, mom, I can't, I can't say the Pledge of Allegiance anymore. And I was like, what? And he's like, I got in trouble at school. And he's like, almost 16. And this was when he was 14. And he said, but they pledge allegiance to a flag. And I'm like, oh, he's got such a good point. And so I was like, okay, but listen, <laughs> out of the mouths of your birds. whole family yeah. like died or was in the military. So you have to stand up. You, you don't have to say the words. <laughs> I did. I did. Ah! Because I was Ouch. like, you don't have to say the words, but you cannot disrespect your whole family that way. Like you have decorated family members and they've there. Some have died for you. Like you have to at least stand and yeah. you don't have to pledge anything. It's I agree with the pledging. Put it in the scope of not standing for the flag, but standing for those people. Yeah. For the people, because yeah, we see, all know, you know just like religion. That... No, no, everything's I, I get corrupt that. at the top. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting uh, argument, though, because the same argument, I think, was used to get people to take the jab. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you got to do this true. for your neighbor. Same thing. And, <laughs> you know, from a Christian, for Christian perspective, you've got to love your neighbor. You really need to take this. And it wouldn't Jesus do that. I was like, ah, technically, he would probably heal you. I don't think yeah. he would take the yep. jab, you know, no, but it's no, no. an interesting. Also, there's never we can get into there's never been one disease that didn't kill grandma because I got the shot. Like that's stupid. And that was what blew my mind. I was like, wait, this doesn't work that way. And then every time they're like, it mutated, my mom would panic and she's like, get mutated. All viruses mutate. If you even believe in viruses, like I get that some people do terrain theory. I'm a nurse. So I'm still pretty much over here in virus land. They all mutate. It's normal. Why are they advertising it? Like, why? What? And so I tell her all this, settle down. Just don't turn off the TV for heaven's sake. Just turn off the TV. Yeah. That's a huge one. And I found that more people got glued. I found more people got glued to the TV during this time. Oh, which I was like, yo, okay, that's wild. You know, you walk in and you hear the news. You hear and you hear mainstream news. You don't hear alternative news. You don't hear ideas Mm -hmm. that will go against or at least cause you to think a little bit differently. You might not agree, but something that'll cause you to go, okay, wait Mm -hmm. a minute. Where where did six feet come out? Like my thing, I kept messing with people. Oh, I know where six feet came out. Right. They were like, do you think this is planned? And I was like, if it's not, I need you to explain where the plexiglass came from. And they were like, huh? (laughs) I was like, plexiglass came out of nowhere. What I'm pissed about? Is that I didn't get to buy stock in the plexiglass company because mm-hmm. it came. Well, out, I was like, you can't cut that much plexiglass that fast. Somebody do you know, had to have, you know, do you know knowledge. where the the six feet and the masks came from? The occult. 
when you're in a Gnostic mass, you stand six feet apart with a mask. Just so you know. Interesting. Interesting. Why? Why? I had a recent interview with the New York Patriot and he brought that up and I was like, huh? Okay. <laughs> and you, said, what, you know, what kind of mass is it? When you, when uh, they wear a mask. They just wear a mask, a cloak, and they stand six feet apart when they are in the Gnostic okay. mass. So he was a OTO member with Alistair Crowley. And uh, so a mask, he's a not mask, now. A mask and a cape. That sounds like autistic mm-hmm. kids at a Comic-Con convention. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank heavens he's out. <laughs> he got the memo like I did about Mormonism. We just got it too late. That's why I'm always like, I got to stay in that Bible because they fooled me once. I gotta make Can't sure. Trust them now. Well, See? I think based on this little tail end conversation of this episode, we've got a topic to start off with for next time. Um, <laughs> my message to people is: if there is a deceptive alien invasion and some good guys land with a ship, but you have to put something in your hand or on your forehead to gain access to that ship, you should be very wary. Uh, let's go around the horn. Yes. Don't throw any sand. <laughs> <laughs> And let the eggs cook before you start having any conversations. Exactly. <laughs> Christopher, Jason, where can we find your work? Go ahead, Jason. Really? Just just dead silence. It's like crickets. Like we don't know where to send people to get our work. Uh, you can find us at orppodcast.com. It's our website. Uh, also on Instagram, which is easy enough, uh, at orppodcast. And you can also find us wherever podcasts you listen to your podcast show at uh, Operation Red Pill. Got great stuff out there. Heidi, how about yourself? I am at Unfiltered Rise. I'm wherever podcasts are serviced. Usually love to be on the Spotify, Apple, all the things. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, even as archaic as it is, and Gmail and all the things and TikTok. I'm I'm all over the place. So hit me up if you want to share any information with me and I'd love to hear from you. Awesome. And if you're hearing me on Operation Red Pill or on Heidi's podcast, I'm Drew Missing from You're Missing the Point. Find me on all the usual podcatchers, Twitter and Instagram. Word of warning, if you do follow me on Instagram and you, or on uh, Twitter rather and you try to engage with me, I'm heavily shadow banned. All my, uh, everything I put on there is marked as sensitive. And I've been told by a lot of followers they're getting contact shadow banned just by liking my content. So oh my if you do find me, congratulations, you're one of the lucky few. Um, <laughs> I'm a leper, apparently, on social media, and people get contact leprosy. Heidi, <laughs> as, a, as a new member of the coalition, would you like to close this show out with a prayer? I would. Thank you so much. All right. Dear God, I am so grateful today that you've brought us together with all these new people and Drew that I knew before for church uh, because two or more in your name is just exactly that. And we are grateful that you have given us the discernment that you have and here going forward to give us more because we are going to need it to stay strong and have faith and continue in your word and stay in the word as always. And remember that every man can be a liar. So we have to trust in you. And we say these things in the name of thy son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Women can lie too. I appreciate you guys inviting. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Men means men, women. (laughs) Really good ones too. Really good ones. Like masterfully good. (laughs) All right, everybody. I love you.
<laughs> that, that's probably the Just, best lie. That is the greatest. But Drew, <laughs> the great deception Drew, right there. I love you. Drew and Jason and Christopher, remember that I am one of the guys, so I don't lie like that. And women hate me because I just blurt out things that are just whatever I feel. So I'm a guy. <laughs> well, you can't question these days. You can't ask someone their gender because assuming things are yeah. wrong anyway, right? Oh, my gender is female, but my brain is male. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. All right, everybody. It happens. We'll catch you next time. 